0: Cutting for Sign with Ron Cecil and Daniel Pinterkline.
1: The bad white man call him the devil. The adipi call him eyes like the sky.
0: to Cutting for Sign episode 47. Daniel Penner Klein, what a joy and gift to get to do this with you.
2: I'm glad you feel that way. I really look forward to at some point in time sharing that.
0: You know? Also feeling that way? Yeah. Feeling like you're not being forced into this?
2: Yeah, just L and just the listlessness. I don't know. It takes a lot for me to be here, Ron. It's not.
0: I know. I know. <laughs> Let's get your ass to work. <laughs>
2: Kidding, (laughs) guys. That is uh, totally not true, man. I love this too. It's amazing. I had the impulse to clap as soon as you pushed record, and then I was like, "Oh, I I shouldn't clap for some reason."
0: (laughs) I'm glad you did. In your mind, though, that's (laughs) good. Good job, man. We all we all need to give ourselves a little pat on the back, a little love for the part of us that wants to celebrate all the time.
2: Yeah, good call.
0: I'm gonna. My son and I were walking down the street once, and he was, and we saw someone screaming and yelling. Like just having a, a psychotic moment. Yeah. I don't know what it was. They were screaming, and yelling, and he was he was kind of questioning, like, why is that okay? I was you're, like, it's per- it's perfectly normal to yell in this. I was like, let's so do it. it. Yeah. He wasn't yelling. we were watching someone else yell. He
2: was questioning. Yeah.
0: Me. And I I said let's do it. Let's just start yelling at the top of our lungs. Are you serious? it. Yeah. It was awesome. You did it. And for ten blocks we yelled about anything everything (laughs) you
2: did not sometimes
0: we were just talking to each other as loud as we could other times we were just pointing out observations
2: i just i love that that is so cool man (laughs) i'm serious because i i've thought the same thing and i know i haven't talked about this a lot so i i don't want to like i was a part of myself that doesn't want to offend people i also Mm. try to shut that person up that part of me up a lot too just because just say it but I'll see a houseless person on the street yelling like that. And although I know they're suffering, a part of me is like, man, I wish I could do that. It's you great.
0: Know? Yeah, definitely. It felt kind of cathartic. It I was bet nice. it did, you know, The funnest part though was watching people, oh. people weave around us really? across the street. <laughs> Even with my, son, I mean, he, at the time he must've been 10 or 11, oh, interesting. you know, he was a little dude. And and even then they were just like, well, I don't want any part of that. And they're, you know, crossing streets oh. and not making eye contact and all this shit we do, you know, to folks who are going through a similar experience. And it was, it was pretty, fun. he, he like brought, I forgot about it. He brought it up a few months ago. Oh. He's like, remember that time we were just yelling down the street.
2: I think that's a great little, I don't know, exercise thing to do experience, you know, yeah. and you were telling me a couple of days ago that your son is very comfortable around people who are living on the streets.
0: Yeah, he's super comfortable. I think
2: that's also very. Yeah,
0: cool. he's like more comfortable than you. Way more comfortable. Like he, he. I mean, this is a, a little bit of a side note, but um, one of my favorite things to watch, like that, I every time I happen upon it, it it gives me a little mirth. Like, oh, yeah, that's fun. Is watching him in downtown Portland in the wild when he doesn't know I'm watching him. Mm, and he's yeah you know one he's a really good skater like he just watching him skate well as is, is awesome yeah. to watch and then watching him he you know he's a good dude he's he's like good to those folks we were just talking about he knows them by name they know him by name yeah you know he's buying him drinks every once in a while or waters or food or ever you know whatever he can and and it, it's it's kind of a weird like I'm sending him out to the wilderness and the wilderness is taking care of him because he's comfortable in the wilderness. That's great. <laughs> and, and sometimes I, there's been times where I've watched him; he didn't know I was there. And I just yeah. left, I just left without telling him I was there. I mean, that's, that's only happened once, but it was, you know, it was like, it was seeing a wild animal in their environment. And it's just, it felt reverential to just let it
2: yeah, continue
0: sure. on. I got you.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Who we, Who we got on the, on the podcast today.
2: Jay Baker. Jay Baker. Yeah. Kind of, I feel very grateful to speak to him, speak with him. I'm excited about this. You know? Yeah. You know, the,
0: Go so ahead. Go ahead. the
2: thing that I'm excited about today is that he's known for uh, being the son of two extremely famous tele- televangelists, but and he's had this whole adventure of, of renegotiating his faith, mm-hmm. you know? and his understanding of and beliefs in God. And when we were asked when he, after he agreed to be on, on cutting for sign, I go, I go, Hey, I want to write an intro for you. I just want to make sure I have the right information. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to use or whatever. And he goes, he goes, you know, it's an interesting time to write a, a bio for me because I'm at a transition. These are words to this effect, at Hmm. least in my relationship with, what I believe. Hmm. And I was like, this guy's written three books, and he's been on some pretty famous shows. Yeah, and he had some eyes on him. And just for him to say that, right off the gun, and, and so not casually, but just comfortably,
1: Yeah,
2: it meant a lot to me, because I think that deep down, I don't know this, but maybe all of us, hmm. you know, to some extent, part of us doubts. Oh, or, for or sure. Wonders, yeah. wonders yeah. maybe as well. Yeah, yeah. And his last book in, was even about doubt, mm. you know, and to see that he went through a whole book writing process and then is going through another iteration yeah. of reconstructing, of questioning. It's just, I love it.
1: <laughs> Disaster. <laughs> hey there.
0: Uh <sighs> yeah that's a good one take a breath I'll take a breath with you there we go yeah that's that's reasonable that's a reasonable sigh
2: one time uh, we were on a podcast where this uh um where this the podcast host had us do a real like meditative get present things like a yeah. minute long you know deep breaths oh, and all that man, was and long. I was like I was ready to go and I was present. And the meditative thing to get us present made me feel squirrely and like I was like not present. I was off. <laughs> I was like, Ron, can we never do that?
3: <laughs> yeah, I got I got in trouble for like I was going to DBT, dialectic behavioral therapy, and they do these classes. And you have to meditate at the beginning. So I was always a little late because I didn't like it. And they told me they told me I had to, I had to start coming. <laughs> to the meditation where i was that? So.
1: <laughs>
2: damn i like that i like nice. to try that it was a good try nice. yeah good effort <laughs> yeah. Effort, effort and man. no no disrespect to that to the person who did it it actually really worked for you that oh, was fucking awesome yeah i love it. it it's I a me much. problem yeah it's a me problem
0: yeah hey jay i'm ron c so good to meet you man welcome to cutting oh <sighs> yeah that's a good one take a breath i'll take a breath with you <laughs> There we go. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's reasonable. That's a reasonable sigh.
2: One time uh, we were on a podcast where this, uh, um, where this, the podcast host had us do a real like meditative, get present things. like yeah. 10 minute long, you know, deep breaths oh, and all slow, that. And long. I was like, I was ready to go, and I was present, and the meditative thing to get us present made me feel squirrely, and like, I was like, not present, I was off, (laughs) I was like, Ron, can we never do that?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I got, I got in trouble for, like, I was going to DBT, dialectic behavioral therapy, and they do these classes, and you have to meditate at the beginning, so I was always a little late, because I didn't like it, they told me, (laughs) they told me I had to, I had to start coming. (laughs) To the meditation, or i was that? So. <laughs>
2: Damn, I like the I like to try though. It was a good try. Nice. Yeah, good effort <laughs> yeah. Effort, effort. And man. no no disrespect to that to the person who did it. It actually really worked for you. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, you, I love it, it. It's I a me much. problem. Yeah. Man, it's a me problem.
0: Yeah. Hey Jay, I'm Ron C. So good to meet you, man. Welcome to Cutting hey for Sunday. Here we go.
2: Jay Baker, you are an author, speaker, and founder of the Revolution Gathering, a community for a more liberal form of Christianity. You were also son of televangelist Jim. Baker and Tammy Faye baker Mesner, but in your young adulthood became disillusioned with the mainstream church. In 2001, you wrote the book Son of a Preacher Man, My Search for Grace in the Shadows, which details your youth, relationship with your parents, and the founding of Revolution Church. Your story has been chronicled in The Time magazine and was retold in 2006 documentary One Punk Under God, the prodigal son of Jim and Tammy Faye. You have appeared with Barbara Walters on Larry King Live and have been featured in Rolling Stone, the New York Times and Time Magazine. In 2011, you and Martin Edlin wrote the book, Fall to Grace, A Revolution of God, Self and Society, which explores the radical transformative and inclusive nature of grace, and also challenges Christians to reassess their understanding of salvation and the Bible. Your most recent work, Faith, Doubt, and Other Lines I've Crossed, Walking with an Unknown God Chronicles Your Doubt About God, The Bible, Heaven and Hell, Church, Society, Relationships, Grace and Love. Jay, you have endorsed gay marriage, advocated for the church's acceptance of the LGBTQ plus community, and are a proponent of an open, inclusive Christianity that embraces alternative lifestyles. You believe in truth, the process, and principles of philosophy, helping people live well and disagree well, reconstructing one's beliefs, and embracing doubt and uncertainty. Welcome to Cutting for Sign, Jay Baker. Thank you. Wow, that was a long intro. That was good. It was a little bit longer than (laughs) usual. Sorry about that.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) You've lived such a good life
3: yeah no it's yeah
0: that's oh. why you need all that uh, therapy you're describing beforehand
3: yeah no it's true yeah it's the, <laughs> I'm, a,
0: I'm
3: a always the son of something so here you go mm. Mm.
2: Mm. <laughs> always the son of something was another mm-hmm. like, uh, title for a book yeah the title of your most recent book is an awesome title by the way
3: yeah well it's actually funny thing is that it's three titles that pete rollins came up with when we were meeting huh. with with the editor yeah, and the editor used all three, and I was like, "That's a little bit long." And she's like, "No, long titles sell. Long, <laughs> okay. long, long titles don't sell. Just to let you know, um, at least that one didn't sell as well, and that was my favorite one." So, hopefully, long
2: intros sell on the yeah, <laughs> yeah on the podcast. Long That's what we're banking on. <laughs> one time, one time, I had one, and I read it, and the lady was like, "I don't really. I would rather you use a different one." And I was like, "Oh shit, okay." And so she just in during the podcast she sent me what she would like read and then I hustled it together and form and it was much shorter, and I have to admit it was pretty awesome that it was so short and it was, like, it was just like short and sweet. Yeah. So I I need to get back to my root, my uh, yeah. I don't anyway. even
3: I don't even yeah. It's even it's just weird for me because I mean the, it's such a combination of my whole life uh, things you know and for me i would just be like Jay Baker, <laughs> dude. <Yeah. laughs>
2: uh, you know, Ronald has this habit of when, when I give him a call, he'll sing my name and really long and like he's like he's ulating off of a like mm. Swiss. He doesn't album. like it, I don't know why he doesn't, <laughs> but, but we could just do that. for. I, I wanted to actually. When he
0: came on, there was like everything in me was like that would be awesome. Really trying <laughs> yeah. to hold it back. That's it's our like, new way. It's like the guy it, from man.
3: Park and Rec, right? He's like. Hello. Oh, Gialfio, yeah. Yeah. hell yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Cause technically I'm homeless. <laughs> yeah. Favorite lines. I love that character.
3: Me too. <laughs>
0: Anyways. <laughs> what's up? Let's talk about How's your morning Ben? Um, you know,
3: I'm going through a lot right now, so waking up is always a bit of a downer. <laughs> um, but what's going on? Um, uh just you know, family stuff and um it's just been a hard few months, you know, just yeah. uh, dealing with, with my, my folks and my, my dad and my mom's obviously passed a long time ago. And, but yeah, so me and my dad are going through some stuff and I, I went through kind of a weird breakup in October and, uh, you know, sorry, and so just the holidays and weird stuff, you know. Yeah.
0: Holidays are weird.
3: Yeah. You know, breakups, really, breakups, yeah, breakups, are breakups are really crappy too. So yeah. So just kind of living life on life's terms right now. And, and it's it's snowing in Seattle, which is, you know, doesn't
0: do often. So that's kind of weird. Yeah. It's like snappy cold there. It's real cold here in Portland too. It is Okay. Yeah.
2: I was talking to a therapist recently about breakups and then we were, uh, she was saying how the, uh, our brain can sometimes experience breakups in that same way that we, that old part does from like getting kicked out of the tribe and sometimes it can feel like you're dying yeah like or at least emotional to that extent not to say that's what you're experiencing that makes sense I definitely yeah
3: I mean with this last uh, person I was uh, seeing she you know it was it was one of those things where it was kind of like I had made the decision like oh I think this is the one you know and then Mm. it just kind of ended and it was so it Mm. was yeah it was a it was a tough one because we had had previous history so then it was like you know, this time I was like, oh, this is it, you know. And then it was like, no, it's not it. And mm. you know, people go through that. And that's why I talk about and I'm really transparent about my life is because
1: yeah,
3: you know, I mean I'm not naming names, but people go through that a lot. And it does yeah. it can be devastating, you know, and, and really painful to go through and mourning the living is, you know, really tough,
2: you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, so Yeah. Mm. Uh do you do you mind if i ask him about that like are you what do you do to get through it
3: you know i i i go to a i see a psychoanalyst and uh that's been helping a bit but it's also unraveling a lot of stuff hmm. you know i listen to the i do it a lot of most guys your people humans do you know you listen to sad songs you feel the pain
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you know on christmas i was supposed to have my yeah. kids this year but her, her, my my ex's ex wife's parents were in t- in town from Switzerland, so I was like, "Why don't you guys spend, you know, take the kids so you can have they yeah. can have kind of this family thing, you know?" And so I just went and got like I watched three movies at the movie theater on Christmas Day, you know. I mean, it was like, awesome. mm. you know, it just kind of, you know, and you just deal with things, <laughs> you know. Cool. But you have yeah. to mourn it, you know. I find like if you don't mourn things and you just kind of like act like it didn't happen, yeah, it catches up with you eventually. And yeah, I mean, that's a Freudian concept, too. You know, it's like you, it, you can't bury the pain. It'll just come back worse. And so I've learned a, that in life, you know.
2: Yeah. Mm. I, I read recently that uh, un, unprocessed, unexperienced grief can, to some extent, piggyback. And you'll you'll experience it more next time. Mm. But you'll also be less motivated and be more intense. So it kind of like has a negative feedback loop yeah. if you don't do it grief is a really hard one for me man it's just like it's really scary it freaks me out I feel like I'm on the edge of an abyss like my whole world just is all, I hate grieving no <laughs> I mean, me too I mean it's too much, it's,
3: much man it's, it's it's way too much you know and I'm uh, very introverted so I don't have a lot of friends you know uh-huh. and you also don't want to wear out the few friends you do have with like talking yeah. about your shit and um uh-huh.
0: I know that feeling.
3: Yeah. So yeah. you just kind of like, just live the best you can, do what you can, you know. You know maybe, you know, oh, I shouldn't send a text, but I sent it anyway, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever, you know what I mean? Like, it happens, man. You know, you just feel like, you know, who makes these rules? You know, I mean, it's like, to me, it's like <laughs>
1: totally.
3: relationships over, you go away and no one talks again. You know, I'm like, mm. it, what, who makes these damn rules? Yeah. You know, and so. Yeah. I just kind of did it my way, and I'm like, you oh, know, if I'm, I'm bugging, bugging her, she'll tell me, you know, like mm. just go, hey, mm. th- this is where I'm at. Absolutely. Um, you know, because mm. I didn't do that with my mom when she passed away, mm. and when my mom passed away, I found out uh, like a week later that my first wife was having an affair, and so, Ugh. so everything fell apart. Oh and and so Christ, I was, in, yeah, I was in Brooklyn, New York, and. So, I went down to Florida for a few months and then I met this girl and just jumped into this relationship. Well, the problem was is I didn't mourn yeah. my mom. I didn't mourn yeah. my marriage.
0: Yeah. How old were you then? How old are you I at I was
3: that point? 32 or 33 at the time. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: And so I ended up jumping into this relationship for like three years. And, um, but, we both knew at the end of the, that there just wasn't anything there. And that it wasn't sure. going on. And we, when we broke up, um, the problem was is all of a sudden I just fell apart and had like, almost like mm-hmm. a nervous breakdown because mm-hmm. I realized I hadn't dealt with the pain and mourning my mom and mourning my marriage yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. And so it just was like, it all hit then. And I, that's when I actually met my, one of my best, my best friend, Pete Rollins. And, he kind of helped me get through that a little bit as well as much as a northern Irishman can. How's um, that? How well, do they do that? Well, you know, they're, they're 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 they like to take the piss out of you. You know, they're tough. Yeah, they, they're you. very tough, <laughs> very tough people. So they're not the most sympathetic people. Um, but they are but that's, but that's that. how they show love, you know, and totally. so it's just a different yeah. style of, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, so you know, I had to go through it and deal with it. And, um, but yeah, morning's definitely a painful thing. And then, you know, you add everything else also that's going on in this world. So yeah. It's, yeah, tough. Was, you know, it's tough to come up with talks. It's tough to do your work. It's tough to do your yeah. job. It's tough to, to be dad. You know I mean? Dad yeah. is the, probably the best thing for me is because you just can't really focus on anything else. Right. But the problem is then I get like, then the kids go back to mom and it's like,
2: you know yeah. here yeah. come
3: the feelings again <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. there's there's this uh friend of mine down in sorry, did say something? um there's this friend of mine a relatively new friend is this i was 21 year old dude and and um <clears throat> he was a neighbor of mine long story short he was in a relationship and then that relationship ended and for a year i knew this guy and he never came over to my house once uh, and i invited him you know and then he uh they broke up and he started coming over to my house like almost every day yeah <laughs> And it was really cool because he was fucking open-hearted. like mm, he was yeah. experiencing grief every time I saw him. And it mm, wasn't mm. dr- drum- dramaticized. He wasn't, yeah. you know milking it. He wasn't doing it. It was just like good old, honest heartbreak. Yeah. And I was like, watching this dude do it. I was just like, man, you are. I, I don't have that. Yeah, it's so it's too much for me. It's too scary. And I try to. I value that, but just like my ability, to actually step up and and feel grief it, it's it's going to be my lifelong thing there's going to be layers to it and i'm okay with that because mm-hmm. it's just too much to do all at once but i loved watching this kid do that and and what happens we end up laughing more each yeah. time time yeah. comes over and so it's like those two emotions come through the same pipe you know it's like yeah really interesting I mean, that's, that's what I love. I love
3: it, like with 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 my buddy Pete. You know, we always end up laughing and make <laughs> and making up ridiculous scenarios.
1: Yeah, yeah, know, yeah,
3: About yeah. about yeah. What do you that mean? By that? Well, I mean, just like you know, like I saw a meme that was like, man gets arrested for sending X ten thousand text messages and I, <laughs> I sent that to him and I'm like dude I think I'm in trouble. You know what I mean? Or you know just yeah, you know just cool. you that's know cool. just ridiculous stuff like you know um you know we just have fun like I I sent a text and he's like you didn't ask me first did you you know because like, nope, I knew you tell normal. me not
2: to you know so yeah. he's like your text sponsor you're like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the verge. <laughs> dude, I'll tell you that. Oh, all you got to do today is not send a text. That's it. <laughs> that dude that uh, had that really healthy uh, breakup, that was part of his though too. He would fuck that really? up sometimes. Like, yeah. Like, and he's like, I couldn't help it. I had to.
3: Well, and it's like, for me, the other person just went completely, you know, she just went quiet oh, and cold man. and just done. You yeah. know? Oh, for God. me, I just don't operate. I think a lot. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think deeply. I think like I have compulsive thoughts constantly I'm mm. constantly thinking mm. and I also feel really deeply so it's like it's a it's a wicked combination and so I have just kind of decided like in a way the punk rock thing for me to do is do it the way I need to do it mm-hmm. and then nice. if a boundary gets put up I can respect that boundary but I'm just gonna do it the <laughs> way I need to do it, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah then it's it cool. sort of like leave me the heft alone then you go like okay I'm done you know I'm sorry yeah you know but you know, know, try to work it out if you can. Um, you know, people, I mean, life is so short and I I think we don't realize that, you know, and it's, I think I, I mean, most of my work recently has been like getting people to disagree well and argue well, you know, mm -hmm. because you've got the right and the left and all these, everybody's just just going to war, you know? So for me and my personal relationships, I try to take that as well into this, like, well, I want to communicate and uh and argue well. The problem is is when someone else does not want to communicate, and honestly, I'm going through that right now with my my father. Mm. Is well, he's not talking to me and I can't figure out why. Mm. Sure. And, and, and and so it's like at that point, you start you know, I start to think, you know, well, how does grace work yeah. when someone says I don't want to talk to you? Yeah, you know, and how do you Great you don't communicate well when someone doesn't want to talk to you? And so I think that, the, like, I, I was thinking about the, like, Jesus uh, and then all the Beatitudes and stuff. And he was talking about loving your enemies, but also praying for them. Mm. And I thought, like, maybe that, like, idea of praying for them is that, you know, and I'm not a big prayer, I'll, I'll be honest. But mm. is that concept of, like, well, when you can't do anything else, you know, you mm. just kind of have to give it give it to God yeah. or give it yeah. to whatever mm. you know God is or think. But mm. you've got to just let it go. Like in a in 12-step in programs, they have sometimes your sponsor will give you like a God box. Mm. And what you do is you write down things that you can't deal with and you put them in there. And so when you think of them, you're like, oh, you nice. gave them to God, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh it's a silly thing, but I've actually done it with my son before and, and found mm. it helpful. You know, and he's six, you know. So it's like, mm. um, yeah. So, you know, I guess it's that idea. You don't, I you know, we don't often think
2: about those those
3: particular things, but yeah. That, yeah. That
2: that ability to and that position that what people are in that you're in twice over right now with two like incredibly important people in your life, you know, that ex-partner, recently ex-partner on a father, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And like you can talk to you for 10 minutes until you obviously really care about these people. And um <clears throat> uh to be able to uh to be in a position where you can't do anything except kind of just suffer yeah i think is one of the more challenging uh situations in life you know especially like you said mourning the living i haven't heard that term but that's a, that's a good term. phrase i was going to um, ask you about
0: that yeah. you know yeah. and
2: to do that it's just like that part of you that wants control that part of you wants to feel better like there's so much part many parts yeah. of us inside that just are like ready yeah to be there. you know and yeah. can't you wait, do anything
3: you get the idea yeah. of like maybe you'll get closure which usually never happens anyway but it's just still yeah. the idea of like if I could just communicate or I could just know what was going on, have a better, you know what I mean? You, yeah. And I guess it's that part of that bargaining part of our brain when we're mourning right. is, you know, and, and when you're bargaining, bargaining. you know, oh, you're, yeah. you're bargaining there with, with, with you know, it's kind of like with someone's dead, you have to do that on your own. But when someone's alive, it's like, uh, you know, and yeah. so it's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's tough. It, it really is tough. Um, it, it reminds another, me. No, go, go ahead. On. Another no, thing I right. heard I heard the other day was um uh what was it? Uh um your your um uh, oh you know I forget. Go ahead. My, my, <laughs> there it goes.
1: You'll remember. It it, it will, reminds
2: yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Now he's stopped. I forgot oh, mine. Yeah. It's your turn. Right? It's my turn. Who gets to shine now? It's Freudian. Freudian. Yeah, 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 yeah. A Freudian
3: memory wipes.
0: I'm sitting here looking at three guys, <laughs> uh, myself included, who have all had a parent die, who have all been divorced, and and in some ways, I don't. I'll speak for myself. I'll speak for myself because I I don't know everyone's relationship with the parent yeah. that died at the time, and um uh you know, both what they have in common for me is that there's never a satisfying answer of why or what could have been or, or I was, you know, with my dad. um, He was, uh, he had specifically asked me to um, preach at his funeral and to and to run that thing. And I would and I got in an almost physical fight with the with a group of masons (laughs) as in the masonic lodge yeah yeah uh, in texas over that process and lost and and i was basically allowed to do some speaking but nothing else was there and and in and in trying to recreate the ritual or trying to recreate what i felt like was not a fulfilling place to mourn i kind of held my own ceremony and which was equally as bad in my mind. Like it was so unsatisfying um, that even when I think about both of those, like I was, I, so my dad was buried in um, a little town called Buffalo Gap, Texas. And, and I would, at the time I was living in Orange County and Orange County has these weird mountains to the East that like separate Orange County from the, from Riverside County.
1: yeah,
0: And, um, and I buried, you know, I went up there by myself and this was been 2003, and I, um, I took some of his belongings. I took a, a pistol that he owned. I, I took a pack of cigarettes. Um, I took you know, some other personal things and I got in, as far away from civilization as that place could afford me. And I dug a hole and I put the stuff in there. And as I'm trying to think of something to, to say, these fire ants that I had uh, disturbed found their way all over my body oh jesus and we're by and we're biting me the interesting thing is is when we buried him in buffalo gap we had done the same thing the the backhoe had like disturbed a huge ant ant farm ant colony which had then fucking bit everybody in the audience like outside like everybody got bit by ants and does
2: that connection mean anything to you that those two things happen and what i mean
0: i mean the connection is. i mean the Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I laughed and was pissed at my dad at the same time. I mean, I think, I think the words that came out of my mouth were like, fuck you old man. And I, and I probably took a piss on the spot where I buried the stuff and I, and I was just feeling so like un incapable of trying to process my feelings that I, I think I ended up naked on top of a like the, I was in the middle of nowhere, I was already on top of a giant b- group of boulders and I was yeah. sitting there completely naked smoking a cigarette and feeling how pissed off that I couldn't feel what I wanted to feel. And I didn't know what I wanted to feel. I still don't know what I wanted to feel. My mourning for my father surprises me. It's like uh, it's like dandelions, like they're there. They're not there one day and the next day they're there. And then the next day they're even further. It's just like, yeah. you know, it's all it's all there. And, and I, I started to get dressed and I had just a little bit of the cigarette left and I put it in a little divot in the, in the rock that I was sitting next to and a breeze came up and like shot it off into the, into the Cholla and the chaparral. And I was like, Oh fuck, I'm about to start it. <laughs> and it's forest the fire, yeah. forest fire, And I'm throwing my clothes on and I'm like jumping down these cliffs and rocks and sliding on my ass. And I'm like sitting in the, in the fire, like waiting for it to catch or, or smoke or something. And I'm so adrenalized. And I just I just started laughing. Like, this is chaos. This is my dad's life.
3: But that's that, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, what I was and say. It's like it's the unconscious is is almost playing out awesome. a totally. scenario of yeah. your father's yeah. life and everything. I mean, it like it played out that's in awesome. Texas, it plays out there. The I mean, yeah. unconscious is really powerful and how it, yeah. it can play, replay these things in our lives. We repeat these <sighs> processes. Um, and I've learned that, and and going to a psychoanalysis, and also reading a ton of Freud. Um, but yeah, so it, it's crazy how that plays out. Um, would you, but would it's you also say- really beautiful because it's human. I mean, it's, yeah. it's 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 that's such a human experience of yeah. of like it's not some you know if you saw it in a movie you'd be like oh that's wild you know but yeah. really it's not that wild it's 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 the essence of humanity of like mourning and, and you're like I got to get naked and I got to get you know i gotta do something and then chaos you know it's like god it's life
2: this is why i was asking you yesterday about Jung, because and i mentioned this probably every other show or something just because it's one of the lenses with which i see and experience life and Jung had this idea of individuation the idea of that being that your inner world and your outer world Mm. essentially the separation between them tends to dissolve and there's more of an interplay between them if not they become one and i i think that one of the reasons that ronald and i really have gotten close is that he he's pretty what you would say individuated and it's not a process that really as i understand it you always even try to do you know it yeah. just kind of happens through life but he experiences a lot of really dreamy type of shit you know and that's a really good example of one and i think mm. the way that you said it is another way to say that which is the unconscious playing itself out i really yeah. like that term you know mm. would you it- say that you experience that much yeah go
3: Please. No, no, yeah, no. I experience it all the time. I mean, I've I've just recently realized I've kind of been seeing uh, life through a lens that I developed through, as a child. You know, and mm-hmm. and there's a reason why I'm, you know, he, to mention young an introvert. Um, <sighs> he, he keep coined introverts and extroverts. I didn't know really, really. I didn't know yeah. that. Um, but 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 the reason you know I'm an introvert is because. I wanted to avoid pain. But the strange mm-hmm. thing is, is mm-hmm. so you play these things out and these relationships out. Cause I could, you know, when my parents were very were huge televangelists,
1: mm-hmm. you
3: know, they were very busy people. And so sometimes I couldn't get the attention I wanted. Mm-hmm. And um so I kind of just went into my own world. And then often I would do things to get their attention that probably weren't the best things to do. But what happens is as I become an adult, then when I don't get someone's attention or someone leaves me alone, Mm -hmm. I automatically think Mm -hmm. it's my fault. Mm
1: -hmm. Also
3: that idea of saying, well, I'm going to protect myself, um, by not having that many friends. All it does Mm -hmm. is amplify the loss of when you lose someone because Mm -hmm. you only have so few people in your life. So when you lose that person, it's just, it's, 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 it's like, there's just like our, 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 our conscious and our unconscious, I think are finding different ways to deal with this. And, um,
2: you know, and you, and
3: it's their coping mechanisms, and so I'm learning how to like let go of a lot of the coping mechanisms I've learned over time to try to live life a, a little bit better, a little bit healthier. You know, you know
2: another thing that my, uh, my therapist and I, I, I talk about recently a decision that um, she helped me arrive to that has changed my life. Is it's exactly what you just said, but instead of um, it's it's around women. I lost my mother when I was very young. She was murdered um, when oh, I was Jesus. four. And uh, and they never found her body. And oh. I saw and I saw the thing that happened. And so that that's like one of the things that is the is a major aspect of my inner world is this loss of who I assume was an incredibly mm-hmm. important person. Like I, I see a four-year-old these days and I'm like, God damn, that person is awake. Yeah, you know? my daughter is four.
3: She's very there.
2: Perfect. Yeah. 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 Well, so anyways, as time has gone on, I've noticed that I just I take losses of of women that I'm attached to, particularly romantically, really fucking hard
1: mm-hmm.
2: and um, it scares me a lot. And so my therapist and I were talking about it and I just had this inclination and I'd already started doing this and then I brought it to her of just mm-hmm. like reaching out and creating a lot of platonic and non-platonic relationships with women. Mm-hmm. And it just felt good. It felt, to be honest, it felt like, well, mm-hmm. if I already have someone around and I lose someone, then I'll avoid the pain. And I thought it was kind of a cheat. And yeah. I was a little bit giving myself shit for it. But then I told my therapist about it. And she was like, this is a smart thing for you to do. You don't want to put all of your uh, your worth and your love into one person because mm-hmm. the stakes are way too high. It's too yeah. much for you, Daniel. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that she was like, no, good job. Keep doing that. You, yeah. you got to do it ethically. And you got to like, yeah, you know, yeah
1: yeah
3: well no I mean I've I've you know I I, I've guarded my I guard my heart man. I guard my heart and it's not so and I don't trust people but it's not that Mm -hmm. it's because people are bad it's just because people change and desire (laughs) and desire is such a strange thing that it can just click on and click off you know and um so I try not to like I try to you know realize like just that that's part of life. So it's not like, I don't trust you because of this. It's like, no, it's just, yeah. we're human beings. And I know how quickly things can change and how quickly people can come into your life and be like 110%. Yeah. And then yeah. just quickly, they can leave your life either mm-hmm. through change of desire or death yeah. or, you know, whatever. So it's, 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 um, it's a hard place to be. It's a hard, hard road to navigate.
2: I, it sounds like uh, the image and idea comes to my mind is you seem like a person is on the front lines of of their inner world, you know, of the yeah. conflicts and the and the issues in their inner world, and and they're in the outer world, and they the, the subconscious expresses itself through your outer world, and they're just there for it. Yeah, it's, well, it's,
3: that's yeah. I mean, I think that's why I I do the work I do, you know, and try to communicate this with people, yeah,
2: totally, in, in yeah. a way
3: that you Us know, too. they can understand and grow more, you know. Yeah
2: yeah sure.
0: and that's the purpose of this podcast Is we're just we're trying to speak out loud the feelings and, th- and thoughts that many of us have you you know you you kind of had touched on like almost um i don't say habitually but um it, it feels like our thoughts can sometimes be ru- are running away and are producing all kinds of wild things from we were when he came over to my apartment uh before we started recording i'm you know i'm singing songs that have nothing to do with anything i'm just right. like singing melodies that don't match the words i'm saying and and that's my brain all the time and and then i'm trying you know that stacked out on top of the being a father you know providing for my family being a husband being a friend doing the stuff and it's like it's a it's a crazy fucking mess in there that's like you open the door like oh fuck like you close the door on that again yeah <laughs> but i had a i speaking morning for li- morning the living i i had an interesting experience that's been kind of a years years long process like it's it's over now but it was it took about two years for it to happen so i got i got uh, i married my christian brainwashing christian brainwashing camp sweetheart. Um uh, we met when we were 17, 18 years old. Married at 21, divorced by 25. Um, uh, I attached a ton of meaning meaning to that relationship because I because my mom and dad were married 13 times between the two of them. Wow. I thought if I could if I could get married to a, a good person, and in my mind that was someone who was educated, someone who had some shared my similar beliefs, but. But was kind of up-leveling beyond where I came from. I grew up in eastern New Mexico, um, rural evangelical church was the center of our world. Uh, I went to ORE Oral Roberts University oh, to wow. become a televangelist. That was my that was where I thought I was <laughs> going. And um, but the but like I, it's it's almost like I achieved the goals without ever asking, did I believe in any of this stuff? Did I really think did I really think that being married would actually make me a better person did i really did I actually really believe the faith the tenets of the faith that would necessarily be necessary to become the preacher or televangelist that I thought I needed to be and i thought I needed to do all those things to be safe right yeah. and uh you know after the divorce and I got remarried and my wife and I have been uh together now um, married eleven years together thirteen years wow and um and a few years ago we had this um it's it's a it's its own faith story that i that you can ask questions about if you want you're probably tired of shit of hearing faith stories <laughs> and I will spare you I will spare you but the 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 gist is we were leaders in a local church here we were lay pastors in a local church here for a long time we were um uh prominent in as as, is best you can be you know in the world we were in and um and our community um left us and then without kicking us out essentially kicked us out in fact uh, the pastor from the pulpit. And this was, this would have been the like cool guy youth, uh, cool guy, mega church of Portland downtown, well-known person. Uh, you know, I won't give any more hints around that, but, um, he, he, from the pulpit goes, Hey guys, I had a, I had a dream last night that Ron and Morgan kidnapped me and took me to a different country. And it was like the scariest dream I ever had. And, and essentially what, what he was saying was, uh, I don't like what Ron and Morgan are about right now. Wow! And and at the time, this was five years ago, six years ago. At the time, we were just LGBTQ affirming. Yeah, and we were like, uh. you know, just like, you know, th- there was no question. There was just no question about it. And and we finally affirmed so much and had so many of those brothers and sisters in our house church that that people left. Yeah. and and my kids are like what the what happened where did those people go why aren't they doing life with us anymore and and that's a really difficult thing for me to mourn like i like in one part of me is like well fuck those guys and fuck all that shit but yeah. another part of me is like why was why would loving somebody be a disqualifier from anything
2: well what's yeah. funny about that too is that like i, I don't know the extent to which one yeah. can psychoanalyze someone else's dream but yeah. if i were to yeah that dream seems like a pretty easy one for to for me to say what that might be going on in that think he's gay well that's not where i was going with it but
0: to <laughs> yeah. some, yeah, yeah. But to so some extent <laughs> like some
2: part of what you and morgan are yeah. saying scared some part of him and then to flip it back and yeah. back and make that be a problem on you is just like really
0: Dude, it was a weird experience to hear him say that in the pulpit yeah that's... and then to get start getting text messages for people yeah but this is that's actually not the story i was trying i was gonna get on so apologies no worries the story i was gonna get on was is after we left and we were trying to figure out what to do with our faith we started exploring catholicism like a lot of evangelicals get into into orthodoxy
1: yeah
0: and and they were like hey you can do this but you need to get your first marriage annulled and i was like fuck that like there's like no way am i going to be talking <laughs> Not to, to my ex wife to... no, you know yeah, yeah. and then here's the wild thing man like at, at a certain point i i like mysteriously found myself warm to the idea yeah and and we started going to mass and i'd sit and i and i just had all of these like judgments and and assumptions about the experience of going there and I and I remember sitting in mass and and instead feeling an insane amount of reverence for what was happening, and knowing that I don't just, I don't agree with most of the things this place represents in the history of the church and da 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 da, da. and yet I'm I'm like glued to my in, to myself with this overpowering sense that something holy is happening, and it's not only happening here it's happening all over the world and not only in a church that looks to Christ on the cross but all over and i'm participating this thing fast forward i decide to give this thing a shot and and become a catholic and uh i wrote a letter to my ex-wife and it it started this long experience between her and i of of communicating through email and written word and we um I mean, we essentially forgave each other in a way that I would have never been able to have experienced. That's and the really cool. funny thing is, is like, I'm not, I've, I've not f- sealed the deal of becoming a Catholic. And oh, I yeah. may never, like, I don't know if that's actually going to be a part of my story, but I am really, really fucking grateful that I got that experience with my ex-wife. Yeah, and, no, that's
3: incredible. I mean, that's-
0: and yeah, I don't like, that's, if there's miracles that exist i i got to participate in that in one yeah. it was to me it was to me well it's strange I,
3: too it's like how it's like you it's like religious law rule um yeah that i would say it's complete bs yeah but um but how it was able to u- be used in such a, a powerful way to actually like reconnect you guys yeah and and allow the forgiveness to be there and i mean that is the that's the important part you know that's 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 it whether you are a catholic or not a catholic it doesn't yeah. matter
1: yeah. you know
3: w- what matters is is that reconciliation and that you're able to finally be a far enough from that pain and anger to 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 have some closure and that's beautiful because most people don't ever get that i mean i've been divorced from my first wife i guess we split up in 2007 and We've talked a few times, but there's never mm. been about the divorce, never about what Ooh. happened or anything like that. Wow. And um, the last time I heard from her was she was just going to see the movie about my mom. So it's like mm. Mm. Um, now, now the ex-wife I have now, my new ex-wife, my new ex-wife. Isn't that mm. funny? My my yeah. second wife, who I have kids with, we've had to really work hard to. You you have to live in it and go through it, and yeah. it's been tough. But it's it seems to be getting better. She wrote me a really cool card on christmas and and it was really encouraging so it's like oh, oh yeah we're we're, we're we're moving somewhere and this is really cool and and yeah. we we see each other's worth that's awesome um you know in a different way and we realize like it, it wasn't there for us but it is us it is there for us as parents and for our yeah. kids and that's yeah. a, a really i'm grateful for that yeah and that's why i moved to seattle is because she had family out here mm-hmm. and I was we were both tired of constant snow and um, in Minnesota. So we just agreed to move out here together so we could keep the kids in, in the same city and they could yeah. be closer to some family. You know, we weren't going to merge to Missouri to be closer to family. <laughs> I couldn't live in Branson, Missouri.
0: <laughs> Is that where your dad lives? Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> Did you get to go see Mark Driscoll before his his whole shit imploded? And
3: no, you know? no, I didn't. I mean, it's really strange because, like, me and him were, I mean, you know, he was like, like, so like back in that day, I would saw him as like my arch enemy. You know, who's, who's,
0: who's Mark Driscoll? He is a very a fundamentalist evangelist. Okay. Well, he's a
3: he's a he's a neo, neo Calvinist. Mm. evangelical
0: and so Mm. um and what do you mean by neo-calvinist i don't even know what that means
3: well it's like he's a calvinist but like even like a new calvinist so like radical like you know this group's going to hell this group's going to Mm. heaven women Mm. can't be in any type of leadership um you know that type of thing and so he was yeah he was kind of a you know very arrogant very Uh, homophobe or heterosexist is the word I prefer um, Hmm. Hmm. rather than homophobic because I don't think he was afraid of gay people but I think he definitely had hostility towards gay people and and was prejudiced Hmm. towards them Um, you know and I had I was involved in the emergent church and he had come out of the emergent church but then left it you know so we had some connections there but yeah, I, I I thought what he was doing. I'm really glad that that whole time is done because there was a lot of those neo-Calvinists who would like do shows just about my talks. And they would like mm. cut mm. my talks up and then like have commentary in the middle of oh, it. Shit. And, yeah. You know, and it was like, oh, what is what the hell? You know, and they're not dumb. Yeah. You know,
1: yeah. yeah. They
3: weren't they weren't dumb people. They were just bought into a really bizarre, you know, they were in 110% into their mm theology and and had no um, doubt i guess i guess they were the true believers and it's really hard to argue with true believers
0: yeah when you double down when you double down on it and uh and have no place no room to relent there's but no I,
3: but yeah. living here now i've met so many people who are so burnt by that idea
0: yeah yeah
3: and by that church and by that community um but at the same time you know like i always push back and like well you know you did choose to go there every week part know. It's not yeah. just he's not just some evil leader, you know. You're also we're you know brought in and manipulated as well. So, you know, mm. we got to look at ourselves as well. You know, that's the thing is it's always judgment. We always think is this one way thing, and that we can we can stand. You know, and 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 Young again said um, the reason people judge is because they don't like to think. You know, mm. and so when we think about it, that's when we learn to be able to maybe communicate better. And how do you talk well.
0: to, how do you talk to your kids about faith?
3: Um, you know, they've gone to a couple daycares that were faith-based. My wife, my ex-wife is not a Christian. Um, I would say she's probably an atheist. Um, but so th- those questions would come up. I don't talk to them a lot about it unless yeah. they ask me. Um, they know what daddy does. Um, they've <laughs> sat in services before when we before COVID. Is this the um, equivalent
0: of like uh my mommy's a uh, a stripper? And it's like, <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs>
3: And he's proud of it. No, um, <laughs> but I just didn't want to force them to, to, go, to,
1: yeah.
3: to, to be, to buy into what I believe, because I don't know if what I believe was bought into because of how I was raised. So right. for me, it's like, I hold it with a gentle hand and, mm. and we talk about this stuff and um, you know, but the last daycare they went to was like, uh was 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 really like a um oh gosh it was there was a lot of jesus talk there and mm-hmm. i think you know and i was like told told my ex wife i'm like you you chose this you know my my son wrote, drew a cross with a little smiley figure on it and wrote you know here here dad i drew a picture of god you know and i mean i remember one few years back i had to talk to someone at their school about not explaining crucifixion to my kids which they were shocked that the pastor was doing that, but I'm like, it's a form of torture. These kids are like three, two, and three. They don't need to be knowing about the Romans' form of torturing human beings. You know, um, I'm very practical when it comes to things like that. Um, but yeah, so we just do it lightly, you know. Um, you know, I I've got Jesus stuff around every now and then. I read my Bible. I have a Bible, you know, and we talk about it, and they'll ask me questions about. God and contradictions and and things like mm. that, that are mm. sometimes more challenging than questions I get from anybody else.
2: And so that's and how can, we talk about it. And can I ask you a kind of a, this was a thing that Ron and I were, were looking forward to talking to you most. And it seems like this is a good, maybe uh, entrance into that, uh, which is you were saying to me, one of the first things you said to me when we were uh, just like chatting over uh, text was that you're at an interesting place in your life and career regarding your beliefs and Mm -hmm. what can you tell me a little bit tell us a little bit about what's going on
3: um well I it's funny like my best friends of a philosopher his name's Peter Rollins um he's a genius I mean the guy's great he's written some amazing books I don't like to give him that much praise but I will um (laughs) hopefully he won't listen um, <laughs> but no, he, he's this great guy and we've been friends for years. And when I went through my last divorce, um, I started reading some of his work and, um, I'd always appreciated his work. I was always, always into Paul Tillich. He got me into Paul Tillich originally. And, and I got really into Paul Tillich, who is one of the greatest philosophers, SAS theologians of the 20th century. Mm. And, um, also really got, uh, you know, got into that. And he was always talking about Hegel. And I was like, oh, I, don't, I don't want to know anything about Hegel. Even philosophers think Hegel is really hard to, to understand. Um, and, and I'm trying to combine everything here for you, but like also I, yeah. I've always been really inspired by Martin Luther King Jr.'s writings and works, not just his speeches, but his writings. And, and, um, the love for enemies and, and nonviolence blows my mind. Yeah. Um, And the death of God kind of thing creeps in a little bit with it was really big in the, uh, I think, in the 60s. Um, And then I started reading Hegel and Hegel was really impressed with Christianity. And um, and that was interesting to me. But for me, what's happened with my faith is is I've kind of my my theology isn't that God is dead or that God is alive. Um, it's happening mutually at the same time. God is alive and dead. And it's like that cat that what was the guy's name, the scientist who had the cat? Oh, cat. The, yeah. yeah. So that's how I, I kind of see God is outside of existence, within existence, not a man in the sky. Before that, I would have said God is the ground of being. Um, hmm. So I'm working on a new theology as I read more philosophy and as I continue on my work with my theology. Um, and so, yeah, it's a flux because it's not a normal faith. Like even a couple of years ago, when I did see my dad for Christmas, um, we were talking and I said, dad, I don't know if I would necessarily say I believe, but I would say I'm haunted. And he was very offended by that at first. I love him. that got, word. You know, yeah. I said, I'm haunted by something, you know, mm. it, it, it's like God is a specter. And mm. actually, it allows that. Um, it's weird how it brings. Tillich says it's the God. Beyond God is what Paul Tillich talks. When the Mm. God of your understanding completely ceases to exist, it's the God that shows up after that. Mm. And it's something that I almost say I can't communicate it as much as you really do have to experience it. That's also, I guess, a good comparison would be like grace. The idea of grace is that grace is anarchy. And how I mean an anarchy is that it's not just for certain people. Yeah. You know, it's also for the people you don't want it for. You know, it's also, it's also for, you know, it's the most unfair, chaotic thing ever, grace. And yeah. grace is the only thing is when you accept that you're accepted, as Paul Tillich talks about, only when you're able to accept, even in your most unacceptable moments that that is accepted, are you able to really see a transformation in your life and to see something start to change. For me, when I got into uh, AA, it was because all of a sudden I I started reading the Bible about, I started reading Galatians about grace. And all of a sudden I was like, God doesn't care if I'm drunk or not. God loves me just the way I am. Mm. So all of a sudden I was like, well, I'm miserable and I want to be sober. But before then I could never get sober because I thought I had to do it for this man in the sky. You see what Mm. I'm saying?
1: Mm.
3: And so... um, and I think a lot of what we were talking about, like you know, like oh, I wanted to be a televangelist, and I wanted—is that's trying to fill the void.
1: Yeah.
3: And, and I like the idea of whatever we try to fill the void with becomes sin. So sin isn't necessarily like oh, uh, I like porn and you know rock and roll music or whatever people
0: are obsessed with today. You know. Both those are pretty fun sometimes. Pretty fun, <laughs> porn and rock and roll. Or in rock and roll, what um, I call Monday.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The heart of corn and rock and roll is still beating. Um, But the concept of like, maybe it's the white picket fence, you know, maybe it's having the nice stuff. I think capitalism has really mixed in with Christianity. And so we think that it's this void feeling and that this promise and that there's these promises. But if you literally read the Bible, there is no promise of not suffering. Like all the disciples, except for John, and John still died. But it was that we know of, all were killed horrific deaths, including the Apostle Paul. You know, like these guys are. Everybody's like people. The Bible. I remember there's this this one guy I really like. This biblical um, historian I really like, but he was like the Bible. Problem with Bible is it doesn't deal with suffering. I'm like the reason it doesn't deal with suffering in the way you think is because they were all suffering continuously suffering like that was yeah. the realities of that life like you lived till you were in your you know if you weren't crucified you were lucky to make it to 40 because some disease was going to get you you know you lost you know you got married at 13 and became a man at 13 because you didn't have that life long to live you know you're probably going to die in some horrific way um that's why like the strangers like how you treat strangers was so important in the mm. in, in the new testament and even in the old testament is because like your life depended on the kindness of strangers. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I I've gone off on a rabbit trail here, but the, the whole idea is, is, is just, you know, we, for me, God is not what God was. I was taught yeah. for me. Um, I'm finding a different ideal of God. To me, it's not about confessional Christianity to me. At some points, not at all the time, but at some points it doesn't matter if it's true or not.
1: Mm-hmm. The, the,
3: the the message is truth, you know. Mm-hmm. The, the the ideas there are truth. The idea of a humiliated the hum, the humiliated God dying on the cross mm. is is something that I don't feel like we embrace embrace enough. And in some ways, that's the, God being humiliated and God being abandoned by God is is one of the things that separates christianity from other faiths that and like in the new testament uh, christianity uh, there's not really any loopholes for violence either uh, which is which a lot of people don't talk about but so you've got these 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 things these ideas
1: of of uh,
3: this the, the humiliated god the abandoned god and so for me when i was reading pete talks a lot about the abandoned god and jesus on the cross crying out my god my god why have you forsaken me And so I was already on this journey because I've done a lot of reading and a lot of work and that's what I pretty much do for a living is read and then talk about it on Sundays um, and study and and try to figure out better ways for us to think and live well. But yeah, so, but I was in in the shower and I'd already, I just recovered from trying to take my own life. Hmm. Um, I overdosed and with the idea that I would die, but I woke up in a hospital and so um got electric shock therapy. I mean, really went through a lot of health and then finally started getting my life back together. And and this the weird thing is like being a pastor, I was still preaching half the time. I was going through all this shit because I didn't have a budget to have people come and speak huh. for me. Um, but I was it been a few months, I'd finally got my own apartment because I'd been living with friends after my split and I was in the shower alone. And I did not feel God, but I remembered what I read in Pete's book. And I think it was the divine magician. It's the name of that book. And, um, and I felt completely abandoned by God, but all of a sudden I understood Christ. So for me, that abandonment, that moment of loneliness, that moment of atheism, all of a sudden I understood Christ and I felt more connected to Christ than I'd ever been. Hmm. And, um, so I realized there's something there. There's something to that. And, um, that that's not just philosophy that's going to be taught in the you know the, the high schools or I mean in the you know like what the t- yeah. ivory towers it's not sure. in the ivory you know there there's this stuff really works and I read a book by Todd McGowan about uh, Hegel and Hegel's faith is somewhat mentioned in there and what Hegel's ideas of Christian and it just blew me away and so I, I really just kind of started to invest into this stuff and look into it. And um, so now it's got me just I'm just constantly learning new things and this concept of, you know, also learning to embrace contradiction
1: yeah. that
3: sometimes two things that are the opposite come together and the contradiction happens. But contradiction isn't a bad word yeah. um, that we've made it into being that sometimes contradiction is something that's higher than the truth yeah. or it's a higher truth it's truth plus if you will which i know that yeah. i could hear pastors spinning in the graves right now after I'm i know them.
2: i know like uh in Taoism, they talk a lot about paradox and and uh, as i was going through my own um time where i was looking more at actual religions yeah. um you know for guidance like uh you know a decade mm-hmm. or two ago i i don't look to that as much at this phase in my life but um I. Uh, I remember Taoism had this idea of paradox and they always spoke of it as the exact way you just said that you're getting closer to truth, you know? Yeah. And, and then recently um, I learned that uh, this term holding opposites and um, in therapy, uh, the therapist that I go to, she was said that that's one of the higher brain functions and it's something that makes us, Modern humans, more human, like it seems to be the direction that we're going, and it's one of the first things to go when we start to be triggered and go into a traumatic sympathetic system response. Hmm.
3: That's that's Hmm. what's unfortunate is with social media, um, especially social media, is that it's caused us to not go to that higher place. You know, Hmm. because we're reacting out of anger or insecurity or the lack, or we're projecting yeah and um so, so we end up going at war with one another rather than going apparently like, your iq uh, iq actually drops too that, that wouldn't surprise me i mean it's also <laughs> very it's also very addicting you know it's like really strange like i huh. have a, I have a hard I time not me. always being you know because it's actually like a lot of this stuff is set up like um slot machines you know the the constant movement the constant change right. you know and all this right. stuff so um yeah so it, it, it's it, it's a it's a strange world but you know it's like I didn't think I would be live in a time where the left became as controlling as the Christian right I grew up with.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, but
3: now in my work, I almost worry more about getting criticized by the left and by mm. woke people than I do any conservative Christians, because woke people will end you
1: and they I will totally cancel see. you.
3: And the problem yeah. is, is yeah. if you are subscribed to the idea of Christianity and the principles of Christianity there is no room ever to cancel anyone. There is no one in the Bible that is ever canceled. There is no one in the faith that is canceled. It's all about grace. It's all about giving up identity. I mean, Paul says there's neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female. You know, it's like we're all human at this one base and we are connected through that. And that's not a real popular message right now. Like I go through Galatians, the beginning of every year, And when I get to that part of Galatians, Mm. I have so many people pushing back because it's such a hard thing to do. But I really do believe that this is the idea of dying to oneself. And I think someone who mastered that was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, He was able to always he was able to meet with his enemies and hold the contradiction, hold the, the, the like. I'm sure there was part of him that hated those people, but there was also part of him that loved those people and said, I have to set these people free from, you know, he's like, he would say, you know, we're not just setting us ourselves free. We're not just liberating the black community. We're liberating the white community from this mm. hate and from this racism, you know, because they are victims as well, but they are victims of misinformation. And so when you see that type of things, and then you see how we're treating each other, it, it's, it's, it it's, it's, it's really sad. Like I I wanted to do a thing where we would we would talk about, Dave Chappelle's thing, you know, his last thing he did and and what he said and just get different people from the community nice. to kind of talk about it, but I realized it was impossible to do because people are already threatening to like no if you do this, you're done. You know, I was like I'm like well, okay, you know what? I have kids. I don't want to be done. Um <laughs> so we can't have hard conversations. We can't we can't have tough yeah. conversations unfortunately you know, on certain things.
2: In and and that Dave Chappelle uh a show or um special i thought was really interesting and i don't really understand why people some people or when certain people can't see it, that that guy's got a huge heart and cares about people you know Yeah. and it really frustrates and saddens me because i think that's indicative of something that's happening a lot right now certainly in my experience and then it's become a value in mine and um and an exercise and that's that when someone's speaking um, to not to not put as much emphasis or all the emphasis on their words,
1: yeah.
2: give more emphasis from the vibe you get from them, and from the look in their eye, and from the body language, and from their subconscious that or not maybe not subconscious, but just their yeah. intention. Is this person? Mm. Would this person have my back if I was attacked? Yeah. How would we do on a desert island if we were alone? And I just think of like that. Sometimes I'll I'll be in a conversation with someone. I said something offensive the other day, or they offended someone, and I was really surprised because we had a really good dynamic, and I was being playful, and it wasn't, it w- it wasn't racist or anything like yeah. that. It was just playful, fun banter, and I was complimenting someone that they took as a as an insult, and said other people would be insulted by it. And I was looking at this person, and I was like if someone attacked you, I would, I would defend, I would attack that I would defend, however that looks. And if, and then again, if I, if we were stranded together, like I got your back, what here is telling you that I am attacking you in any way, you know? Oh, we don't agree on what words mean. Oh, we have a difference of opinion and what other people who are not here would think fair enough, but that's discourse. We should be able to talk about that. Yeah. And I, I was just like in that moment, I was like, you know what? In my head, I just said, I we I kind of did what you did. I just said, I don't want to talk in my head, I don't want to have this conversation <laughs> with this person. Yeah. I have not gonna convince them. I don't, I I have to not care. And I just like that was a left turn when I'd taken rights mm. a lot. Yeah. It was good for me because I just it was a boundary, but it did make me sad. And I think that it's a little bit what you're speaking to. And it's one of the things I liked about what you texted me, which is why I chucked it in the intro. <laughs> you want to help people disagree with, well. yeah
3: well and it's weird is because when you start to think that way and you do go it's almost like that god beyond god moment that the god after god if your understanding disappears or grace it you've got to be careful though because when you start to think well i'm going to argue well with someone i'll go in with that thought mm. and then when i realize that i'm hurting them and then i have to back up and, yeah. and be like mm. oh you know because i'm mm. thinking like how uh, hegel talked about that even when we disagree there is a an on automatic recognition of one another's humanity we see each other's humanity even if we're angry as hell at each nice. other we see each other as as humans and there's a humanizing thing that happens with even if it's a fist fight um so i found that really interesting but i've also realized like probably not arguing on, on, even in DMs is not a great idea. And, um, but it's tough. It's tough because there's just, some people are very hurt as well. And so we have to learn to be very patient with those folks as well. Mm. As soon as you
2: start, as soon as we start writing things where the person isn't present, there's no consequence that we have to pay emotionally for the effect of our words. You know, this is something that, uh, Louis CK, um, talked about in one of his bits like like five years ago or so
0: was this before or after his 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 i, I don't uh, know almost I don't,
2: fall probably before okay i don't really yeah. care to be honest <laughs> <laughs> he's another person you yeah. can tell he cares you know yeah, like, yeah. fucked up he made, made a huge mistake you know and learned from it it's like good anyway he uh he said he was making a doing a skit about um about how kids will or people he was talking about kids will send a message right through a threat and it's a meme and then they just go like hmm that felt like that felt good you know (laughs) whereas if you do that in person you see the person's hurt and you go oh you know ow you know for kids at least before they might be like well i mean it's
3: i mean yeah i mean it's changed i mean the dynamics of social media and which is crazy is that it's these things these these systems that we're dividing us so much are run by these millionaire billionaires who are making so much money and controlling the government big tech is like doing you know no controls you know i i guess i've got they said they were going to censor me recently for not saying things that were true and i was like i don't even know what i'm what did i say huh. can i put joke stuff up all the time and they put band on like i put something about smoking weed on on uh, thanksgiving and how it was bad it was like like a 70s ad for like anti-weed and not to smoke weed on thanksgiving i
2: put that (laughs) up and they're like
3: they put a blur and like this is this shows untruths in it i'm like who did that on youtube Uh, or instagram instagram did it really yeah and uh and and i shocked by that which actually made it more hilarious but instagram's run by facebook you know what i mean so it's like owned by the same people um and facebook's like I've had to like go off Facebook for months at a time, but it's my career. So I need to keep it. But, and the sad thing is, is it's mostly by progressives who attack me. And, yeah. um, and I'm not, I've, I have never voted for a Republican in my life. There was one time I really should have, and I didn't. And, um, years ago for just someone in a smaller office. And, and I, I regretted not doing that because I was just so aligned with the Democrat democratic party. Um, but I'm, I, I I'm not really into the, this, this, this split of, you know, this division of conservative, I think if we all had yeah. conversations, like I know conservatives who were jerks and I know conservatives who would give you the shirt off their back. And I know it's the same sure. liberals and um, this, uh, how we, how social media, you know, uh, makes money, how it
2: capitalizes on our division is really they- sad, you know? Yeah, we can take that back just by using our words more carefully, in my opinion. That's one one little place we can regain some ground. You know, it's like just stop using terms like Republican and Democrat and good and bad. Or if you do, Damn. not you, but if one does, caveat that, you know, like, hey, I know there's a lot of nuance to people we are all very complex like you just did. I know Damn. that. Um, there's conservatives that do this and that and just recognize, just untether this like very lumpy one stamp label that yeah. you're putting on fucking tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of people, into like, I hear you, they're more complicated than that. But when people start to pl- apply uh labels like anti-vaxxer or this and that, yeah. and now you're now you're like, whoa, like you're now putting that's making a thou and it, you know. And, like and, and, and that's crazy things. too,
3: is like even the vaccination thing is like, you know. It's like I was like, yeah, I'm totally gonna get vaxxed. Then I was like, you know, it's big pharmacy and in the big government. I did get vaxxed, by the way. But it's, <laughs> I'm so afraid that someone would think I didn't. Um, see how scary they make it.
2: Yeah. But there yeah, are I, people- you would not be judged like that by but, but, us. but you but but
3: you know what I mean? Just There's so people no. who make the choice, different choices. And yeah. it's like, why can't we sit down and understand one another and have a conversation rather than saying you're a more that's completely why I really, agree. Look, I like yeah. um Russell Brand a lot because I think he's he's, he's always thinking like let's just not demonize the other side and Mm -hmm. um, let's not go straight to war and let's not the problem is we're scapegoating because we're saying they're bad they're the problem and we're the good ones and then when we start saying we're the good ones we don't grow anymore and we're all playing a part in this and that's why conversation is important. That's why. Awesome. And
0: know, also, the moment you sit, you, know. you think you're on the right side is the moment you think that you ha- you somehow inherently have all the right answers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that all solutions, the solution to all the world's problems, like live in your head, and and are accessible. And then if you, but if you can't take your argument philosophically all the way to the end, which is very difficult for us to think beyond. minutes from now a day from now there's a reason chess is not very popular it's hard it's difficult to think (laughs) many moves ahead right and and but it's really easy to go me good you bad and to jump in on the bandwagon if we I I can't remember if we yeah we did talk about on this within this conversation of the referencing it now which is the need to feel included is so strong our bodies think we're dying if we're not included yeah. and that need to feel like we're lumped into the good side right now. The woke culture is so strong that, that we're grabbing our pitchforks before we even know what we're headed to. Yeah. And, and we, my wife and I recently kind of like were part of something that we kind of just, I don't know how we did it, but we Indiana Jones our way through not getting canceled in that. Like it was close. Like there was fire going all around yeah. us. And, and we know people whose careers have been harmed if, from rooms we were sitting in with them. And I, it dawned on me, like, oh, this, and I'm going to use some Christianese because it's just fun, but but the religious spirit right. that lived upon, you know, <laughs> we use that word to, t- to talk about people who are legalistic, religion. We say we have yeah, yeah. a religious spirit. And, um, the, but that, that used to be the realm of religious gatekeepers, yeah. of saying things need to be, just like this the definition needs to live in this box it needs to go in this order just like the experience i had getting that catholic annulment of my marriage like somehow it worked but that's a side point but now we live in this world where it's like if you're not if you're not living in these other definitions and other rules then you are cast into the outer darkness where there's weeping and of teeth and never to be let in and that could be because you made a joke that was in good, you know, in good fun. And that person's like, Oh, I'm offended for the people who I think should be offended exactly. by this. Therefore you're out fucker, you're gone. And and the funny thing is, is that, is the experience I'm talking about in particular that my wife was a part of was not even a sentence. It was a photo yeah. and people were offended because the photo didn't, wasn't inclusive enough and didn't include different kinds of bodies and things like this. And I was like, what the fuck are we, are we now, Dying to to for offense, like I need to feel like what I woke up to this morning. My feet are on the ground. I brush my teeth. What can I be offended by today? What well, could I possibly find to go get my feelings hurt and and then throw someone under the bus because of it? Well, that's how I
3: felt growing up in Christianity, you know, and, and mm-hmm. in the eighties and the nineties, is that everybody was wanting to be offended and angry and stop these offensive things. You know, and to see it, see it like, see the people who I thought were going to try to help stop that stuff all of a sudden start to grow into that. And it's like, you know, be careful fighting monsters. You may become one. And it's not saying that all people are bad. It's just sometimes we, we stay legalists. You know, we just change one truth to the other. So we're like, well, I'm done with Christianity because that's crazy. So I'm going to go over on the (laughs) other side, but you're still legalistic. Oh, yeah. You know, so you've only just you just you you have the same like
1: yeah.
3: formula, but you've just yeah. changed you know your mascots or something, you know. And so, for me, it's like I, I, I like to go to Belfast a lot, and, um, and, and Belfast, Northern Ireland. And um, you know, in the in the '90s, the troubles stopped, but the troubles was a civil war between um, Catholics and Protestants in in this country, and it was horrific, you know. Um, and they were split and there was other things behind it, uh, more than religion, but still I see this, I, you know, and I, I, go there and I love to talk to the people and I love to read about the troubles and it's, 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 it's really an interesting thing to me, but I look at how we live our lives now and I go like, God, we're so close to having like a civil war, like they did, hmm. you know, because it's, you know, it doesn't certain things don't make a sense. You know I mean? It's like, it's just like, okay, well, are you vaxxed or unvaxxed? And that's going to represent who you are every day. It's indicative. Yeah. You know, or seeing like a video of someone lose their mind in the drugstore because they don't want to wear a mask anymore. You know, I mean, that might've just been one really bad day, but that's their freaking life as they're known as that now, you know, it's like, we don't, and then we talk about, Oh, mental health is so important. You're like, Well, maybe that person having a mental breakdown, maybe we should be more worried about their mental health than the fact of what, you know, that they're screaming in the middle of a store because they're just tired of it. We're all tired of it. Yeah, We just express it it in different ways. You know, it's
2: like when people, I I was in uh, an art store a couple of days ago with a friend of mine and my mask had fallen just like barely below the tip of my nose. Right. And this is Mm -hmm. not someone I know very well. I was just a relatively new friend when I was there with her and her daughter and she, like, reaches over and pulls my mask up, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, I don't know. I'm not getting the impression that you did that because you really care. You know, you, that is to say, your inward intention mm-hmm. of why you did that, the body language, the tone, just a little bit that I know about you, it felt like something is not going right and I need to control it. You know. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really like, I wasn't like, thank you, you know? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that to somebody, yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that the world and people's lives, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, doesn't 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 lie on the uh, you know pinhead of whether or not like my mask is one centimeter below the tip of my nose. I would never do that. I would notice it, maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I just—it's
3: so funny because I'm like, you get over it. I find myself having such mixed emotions of sometimes where I'm like. And then I'll see somebody with no mask. And I'm like, oh my god, what are they doing? You know what I mean? And I'm like, going well, like, how am I like all of a sudden like judging this person as the worst person yeah. in the world? Yeah. You know,
2: that's cool. Based that's on cool. what I'm
3: hearing in media is playing, in like literally what yeah, I'm exactly, hearing yeah. in the media is, is playing in my brain to all of a sudden go like, this person must
1: be yeah
3: all of this. So I mean, I do, you know, I do it myself. You know, yeah, what, I know. what I mean? And so it's, it's like kind of like. Said. Yeah. yeah so i think it's being self-aware is 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 also really important but man it's tough you know trying to help people be self-aware trying to ask people yeah. to think critically
0: um well, it, i think it, the 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 dilemma with becoming self-aware use the word earlier being haunted is i think this hit, hit me the other day on a on a high walk which was me smoking weed with my dog okay. and and um and, it, and i realized self-awareness this just could have been a high you know revelation means nothing now but (laughs) it feels like turning on the lights in a haunted house where it's still haunted the ghosts are still there you can just see everybody now and you may you may not know what to do with that self-awareness it's just now you're like oh yeah i'm fucked up i i think paradoxically paradoxes yeah
2: paradoxes i
0: think within paradoxes and i think
2: we have to nice
0: we have to we have to hold opposites all the time we've been talking about that this whole podcast is that's what causes the disconnect in the fray and the in the fear and the difficulty and the pain and suffering is I can't be both of these things or life can't be both of these things or many things at once.
3: Well, and I think we can learn this also from the trans community or the people who, you know, a Mm. lot of kids are like, I'm non-binary and we're like, oh, you have to choose one, but it's going, okay, I get it, you know? And not only are you, can you feel like you're non-binary physically or sexually or male or female, but also like, Mm. I don't want to have binary thinking. Like I don't want to have this constant you know, like right and wrong and good and yeah, bad yeah, and this. and yeah. that. I mean, that's what Paul's talking about is there's neither male nor female nor Jew nor Gentile nor slave nor free. Like there's no hierarchy anymore, but there's also no lowarchy, you know? So the, the mm-hmm. idea of saying the hierarchy of suffering of like, well, we've suffered more. So we're up here, you know, mm-hmm. that doesn't exist either. And that's the hard part is because we want justice. We want to see justice. And I don't think there's anything wrong with justice. I think we need to yeah. live, live in justice, but justice comes within quality. And we're in a, a system that is, um, what is the system? That, you know, the capitalist system doesn't allow for us to not have a
2: low and a high and this and that and and play that game you know it's kind of Mm -hmm. cool you mentioned low and high in that because Mm -hmm. um i think that there's there's a like one point thinking and then there's you know or maybe there's two point thinking like this and that and then there's spectrum oh now there's several points on the spectrum good this is great Mm -hmm. but then that has still has a left and right and a it's two-dimensional yeah and so i've been starting to think about some of these as these conversations as and the places people uh exist on them as spheres like the sphere of gender you know spectrum of gender that's cool it's not Mm -hmm. just two you Mm -hmm. know awesome let's go to a spectrum but really it's equal points on a sphere and there's there's a there's so many points you could have on that sphere and i'm just working out that like idea but it feels like there's something there that's going from one-dimensional thinking to two-dimensional thinking spectrum to now three-dimensional spectrum and then also fourth time oh things can change over time you know it's just just threading out like this, this, uh, this binary, you know, well, yeah, I'm,
3: yeah, I'm being patient with people who are coming to their own conclusions. I mean, I didn't
2: arrive at where I am today,
3: uh, when I was born or 10 years ago or five years ago or three years, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it, it took time. It was a process. And sometimes we want everything now. Like I often say, like, I don't think my mom, you know, my mom's a gay icon, you know? Um, but like, I don't know if she would be accepted so much with the LGBTQ community because she was never completely affirming. Like that was something mm. she always struggled with. Mm. And so there's this concept of like, are you in, or are you out? You know? And my mom was like, I'm in and I'm out, you know, I'm, I'm here mm. and I'm there. You know I mean? I lo- I think love is a Trump card. I think love yeah. is love is where the contradiction can lay within me. I am a contradiction. I'm a living contradiction. Mm. And so she was <laughs> able to bring in cool. people who were, uh, conservative or people who were liberal or people who were gay or people who are heterosexist or homophobic and you know bring all these different types of people from all over the world you know into one place and what makes me afraid is that we can't have people like that anymore is there's no room for that there's no room for saying well you know they this way but really the love really conquers all. without saying like no i need to know are you in or are you out yeah. do you believe this yeah. or you don't believe yeah. this you know and my who knows my mom may have evolved she died in 2007 she may have grown to been like no i'm completely affirming i don't know but 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 i do know that it's sad to me that you know that for her she would she would be looked down upon by a lot of people that she really worked her her life work was to help set free and liberate and allow them to be loved and be who they are um so yeah so for me it's complicated um you know and it's so funny for me cuz it's just like you know stop judging you know i mean the, the bible talks jesus talks about it paul talks about it stop judging how you judge you will be judged you know it's like um don't worry about you know the speck in your neighbor's eye worry about the log in your own eye um, you know but and i'm not right. i'm not a super crizzo but what i'm trying to say is like it's like how we talk about tolerance, but how can we truly to- be tolerant of one another when we have all these, you know, final straws? You know, like the final straw yeah. is is maybe a plastic straw or it's too much, <laughs> a literal yeah. straw or was, a, yeah. you know,
1: but but or, or
3: or or vaccinated or not vaccinated. You know what yeah. I mean? So I'm not saying like the people who are like you have to be vaccinated are. Uh, are worse even the people are saying you don't have to be vaccinated and if you do get vaccinated don't do this you know i've been on dating apps recently and they're like there's people who are like if you're vaccinated don't even think about swiping right you know you're like okay so they're on this side and then you see other people like, if you're not vaccinated don't you dare think about swiping right you know you're going like
2: so well, jesus yeah. um you know so now it's a little it's a little much and i think that the important thing is that if person there's too much information out there and too many smart people all over that sphere. You know, that like, if you want to say spectrum yeah. of ideas, you want to say two points, there's, there's mm-hmm. really intelligent people all over. I have yeah. friends that are very intelligent, way smarter than I am in the actual medical field and who I know have good hearts yeah. and totally disagree with totally each other. Totally disagree with each other. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm agnostic when it comes to, I think, everything in the entire world. I just don't know. Yeah. But you got to land somewhere, mm-hmm. fair enough. You got to land somewhere, but holding opposites. I don't well, know where I, I
3: yeah, where I land is I want to help people have a yeah. good discussion. I want yeah. people to have tough conversations. I'm not going to ask you to be best friends with this person or not even necessarily even friends with this person. But what I'm saying is is maybe there's room to grow and there's room to understand uh difference of, uh, you know, Opinion and ideas and faith and 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 have some respect for people like, you know, like my neighbors mm. who, who 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 live here like literal neighbors like they work all the time like I'm like and I remember thinking the other day like and they they have to work all the time all I mean they're hardest working people I know and I was like I didn't ever do talk to them about vaccinations or anything like that but I remember thinking like when I took when I got mine I was so sick for like a couple days and I was like how do these guys like the mom and dad have to like switch and make a schedule to do that and do different things like that? You know? So it's like, so for me, you know, these aren't people who would, I don't think would care, have big huge political opinions um, from what I know of them. Um, but, you know, it's just interesting. Like we're just not, I don't know. It, this is what's going on in the world today. And I think something that would help once again is a lots of grace, giving each other lots of grace. Totally. And within that grace, allowing good conversations to happen um, and being open for us to be open to change that we're not just like, you know, I mean, I want to see the church uh, as far as the church and I don't even call revolution the church right now because I feel like there's it's so divided. Um, I've kind of stepped back from that and I don't like to term pastor anymore either because I just don't feel comfortable with that. But um, I still want to see reformation happen in the church, you know. And I think we could reform the church where it's good conversation, arguing well, and these type of things, but I, you know what, in f- a few hundred years, we're going to need to do it again, you know? And, and because think, you know, as, as we get understanding and we change more, you know, I'm not saying there's not this lock in trees that I'm looking that's for, I, what I'm looking for is,
2: is thinking and communication. We recently had a guest on David McCraney. Um, he was a pretty amazing person and he, uh, wrote a couple of books. Um, you are not so smart. And now, and then the second one was, you are now less dumb. And, <laughs> um, they were like very popular books. And he was talking about how these things come up almost as, as a, like a psychological part of our psychological evolution, mm. our evolution as a species. And these things come up. So as to be discussed and so as to be worked out. And so, whereas someone might say, oh, we, we've, we're we we right back here. We haven't gone anywhere in 100 years or something like that, yeah. which has always felt wrong to me. Like, that doesn't feel right. He has like, because he's like kind of a big brain and he's like, it's good that they're up. They're up for discussion. They're up for healing. The wound has been exposed. The boil has been lanced and it's fucking coming out. Yeah. This is a good thing, you know? And I really liked that reframe. on that. I, I
0: needed that reframe for a while because I was getting exhausted with, with the pain that people seem to be pointing at one another, and instead I thought, um, oh, maybe there's something good that's happening in this this thing. My wife, my wife is uh, about to go walk um, uh, an old pilgrimage from uh, northern Spain to western Spain. It's called the Camino oh, wow. de Santiago, and it's a 500 mile pilgrimage that's been going on since the medieval times. And we for Christmas, I bought her a little guidebook that's like a, a just a portion of it. And the foreword, the guy talks about COVID and how COVID what has devastated that um, that economy because there's a whole economy that lives on these basically tourists who who travel from one part of Spain to another and they keep these restaurants and pubs and and um, uh, little hotels open. Yeah, but he says but maybe this is the reset humanity needs. Yeah. And, and he has a pretty eloquent couple sentences on, on it needing, a, you know, humanity needing a hard reboot. And I appreciate that nuance. And I appreciate that paradox, right? Like you, yeah. it is awful, people are dying. And, hmm, you know, maybe it's good that we're kind of getting a, a, a reboot on some of this stuff. I mean, I'm impressed
3: and, with people who are like, I'm not going to go work these jobs anymore you know, it's wild. I mean, I mean, that's its
0: whole revolution, Joe isn't Joe, it? Joe, like yeah. Joe, you know, service jobs, people like, like oh, the, like the yeah. restaurant industry is famously yeah. understaffed. And
3: there's also people in corporations yeah. who are like, this is that I've realized through this, that this isn't my life anymore. Like yeah. I can't yeah. be, awesome. I can't work yeah. eight hours, five days a week. And just to have a nice house and a nice car, this isn't bringing me happiness.
1: Yeah. And
3: so it has been a bit of a reset and, um, Unfortunately, as humans, it takes this type of thing to wake us up to go like, you know, maybe the capitalistic idea isn't that yeah. great. You know, maybe the fact is that we are treating people like slaves. I mean, people can't make enough money working full time at McDonald's to have rent, to have a car, to have can't have insurance. I don't have insurance. You're like, I'm working on getting insurance right now, but I'm having to like, look through all these things to finally find something that I can afford, you know? Um, because I don't like, I don't, the system for me doesn't work. I, I would be, for me, if I had to work at, I mean, I, I have had to work at places like that, but to me, it's not great. It's, it's kind of a nightmare. And it's like, what am I doing with my life? You know, I want to live life well. And I think people are seeing the, the idea that they want to live life well you know and that's a good thing and and, yeah. and uh, awesome. maybe that will bring us together you know i honestly think capitalism is, is 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 the biggest problem here that we're it's being played on us all so much you know to I need fill
2: to, these needs i need to get um my understanding of capitalism down because i've heard so many arguments um from all over again that like sphere yeah. of that the take on it and every time i hear an argument that uh of like no capitalism is good and this is why i always am like oh yeah that makes sense no and it but, did at but,
3: one time probably did make sense but how we built capitalism is on the back of slaves
2: you know well, I mean? I, like like i said i don't i don't really want to yeah. get into the weed. i mean i'm happy to hear it, but just to finish my yeah, thought like yeah. i just I, there's something about again capitalism is bad it's like I can't get on board with that. Also, I'm not like, go oh, capitalism. My dad is like an egregious capitalist, like one of the people who's just like oh, yeah, arrogantly my dad. proud of it. And yeah, I'm just yeah, like, my dad okay, too. that's not true, you know? <laughs> but like capitalism is a nuanced, crazy, complex thing with roots that go way back to things that aren't capitalism. And like you hear someone who really well, fucking- Well, it, pr- it promises
3: you know? to fill a void though. And that void yeah. can never
2: be filled. So you're well, mentioned too with yeah.
3: things and stuff yeah. and commodities saying- this will make you happy. This new car will make you happy. Well, eventually that new car becomes an old car. This hat will make you happy. Why are there four billionaires and everybody else's? Because we're seeing what happens to capitalism in, the, in, in its end part is how it separates the classes. If you really wanted to see true separation, if you really like, and this is what's what's brilliant about capitalism is it plays the poor against the poor. It plays the middle class against the middle class and the politicians do all this, but none of the politicians are that different. They're all slaves to capitalism. And so what happens is, is we don't realize is that the, we, we, the poor are suffering because we've got the poor fighting the poor. And I'm poor, you know what I mean? And so so we don't look at poverty in the same way. Um, I, I, will, I will go full on and say that I, I think at the roots of racism, at the roots of heterosexism, as the roots uh, of, of most of these isms, lies capitalism you know because that's it's it's all it, it, it makes it makes money it makes them money to have us separated it makes them money for having these ideals i mean it makes it makes sense for you know why why does you know why do these corporations have black lives matter and transgender flags and gay flag up not because they care it is because they know that that's they've got to support that group in order to make money You know, so it's this, Mm -hmm. this fake ideal of it's all about the bottom line and it's a promise to make us whole. And the fact is we'll never be whole. We have to learn to live with the void. The void will always be there. And -hmm. capitalism promises not to do that. And, um, and I, I honestly think that like everything we've been talking about right now, regard to big pharma and all these things plays, it all plays into the dollar. It all plays into wealth. And, um, and so that's why I, I really struggle with, 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 uh, with capitalism and the, what you, it does to people's lives.
2: Do you think mm. that you can be uh, your best self within a capitalistic society? A lot of people do it.
3: <laughs> a lot of people are. A lot of people who own mm. businesses. But the I problem is, that is but the, you know what they're doing, though, is they, you know, if I come to you and you own, let's say, like Dickies. Dickies used to be made in the USA. I, mm-hmm. I wear Dickies all the time. You know, and I'm like, hey, listen, you know, you're making a lot of money. But you can make so much more money if you have your pants made overseas, you know, and you won't have to worry about managing the factory here and doing all these things. Well, But what happens to those people who work in the factories? You know, what happens to the people who drive the shipping trucks? What happens if they all lose their jobs? They all become poor. They all can't afford anything. And so people who can live on less can get that money and somewhere else, because capitalism is saying, I want to, t- I've got to take care of the board members. I got to take care of the shareholders. I I'm going to take care of myself. So for me to say like, well, I could have 5 million or I could have a hundred million, which way am I going to go? And that's the problem is like why people can't, don't, who can't work full-time jobs and make enough to afford an apartment, you know, they can't know if- make a fuss to, to eat food.
2: I wonder if there's a instead of it being capitalism is good or capitalism is bad, if is is that there are healthy expressions of capitalism and there are not so healthy expressions of it, and we well, potentially are in Well, and there's also
3: communism, and 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 that that's an idea as well, but that's been so tarnished by you know, yeah, 1980s James Bond films, um, and and made made to fear in this country that that's the worst thing. I'm not saying that communism is the answer. But there is an answer where people are treated equally and yeah. um, you're not, you know, everybody has to play their part in the low jobs and in the high jobs. Um, so that's, that's a way of looking at it. But I, I just, I think, um, I mean, I, I, I'm used to capitalism. To me, I always thought capitalism made sense until I started reading more Hegel, until I started reading more Tillich, <laughs> until I started reading these brilliant minds and going like, oh my gosh. At the root of these horrible injustices that have us all separated and arguing is 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 finances is is the poor is taking advantage of the poor you know and that's when I said like you know what's better than having free labor to make all that money I mean, what is that that's cap that's a capitalist mm. thought that's a capitalist idea you know um, free labor is.
1: Yeah. Sla- slavery. yeah, slavery. Slavery
3: yeah. is yeah. capitalism. You know, what I mean that we don't see that, but it's like. And you say, "Well, well we don't have slaves anymore." Yes, we do. If you have More to work ever. at McDonald's, yeah. you know, eight and ninety hours a week, or whatever, seventy hours a week, and you still can't pay your rent, and you still can't afford to live, so then you have to take on another job. So now you can't raise your kids, and now you can't do that. We still have slaves, and we're telling people, "Oh, you're lucky you have this job." Well, if you just worked harder and you did this, some these people work their asses off. They work their asses off. Uh, sorry, you didn't know how to figure out Bitcoin or you didn't invent some little app that made you a billionaire. You know, instead, you, ha- you know, now you can't feed your family and now your kids have to
2: have part time jobs I just, as well. I just feel like it's pretty intense to say that there's still slavery right now because oh whoa I'm going to stop you Hold there on, are you know,
0: loads just there's more slavery I know that that, now. I know
2: that that statement pisses a lot of people off but yeah. hear me out when we say the word slavery I think of the form of slavery that ex, that was experienced by African Americans in the United States you know a while back 150
0: years ago and it's like 170 years ago yeah.
2: okay. Well, maybe we can keep that word for the people who were experiencing something that was fucking awful. What, like, the problem is it's still
3: people of color and minorities who are suffering mostly from this system. But it's, do you know what it, I mean? No, no I'm, I'm, gonna, you, I'm I gonna. I know, I, I know I, what you're trying I, to say. I, I know exactly what you're yeah. saying. And I can agree with, I mean, I because I can agree with some people who are like, you know, it's like comparing something to the Holocaust. You're like, oh, let's not hmm. say the Holocaust, or let's it's, not say yeah. slavery, but for me, it's, like, it's saying you're basically saying things to that. make people work.
0: Um, I think to make we're people saying work
3: who can't. Afford, yeah. okay, I'm making you work a really hard job and you can't afford to live. You know, what is that? I'm I am not paying you enough to live. I'm not paying you enough to have health insurance. I'm my country. Almost every major country provides health insurance for its people, except for ours. You know, what I mean, it's like now the health insurance companies influence the politicians. Now the, the Facebooks and Instagrams, Twitter's, you know, get the politicians, you know, all of our medication, you know, like the guy comes out and is like, yeah, I think we, you know, this Corona, well, the second one, you definitely should get a third shot. Of course he says he gets a third shot because he owns the corporation. That's going to make billions of dollars off of this. These are also the same companies that, that overlooked, you know, drug problems with 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 uh what is the drug problem we've been having lately with the opioids? Opioid. Yeah. you know they just oh no no you know, you know and let that you know johnson and johnson had a huge part in getting people addicted to opioids and i've watched friends die and lose their lives over opi- opioids opioids uh, yeah. a- a- and that's over what what's it for yeah. why did they do it capital
2: I don't. I don't think. I appreciate the the way you're saying lot. It's a lot of it's beyond me. I just. I. It seems to get into a lot of like good, bad. Capitalism is bad. Don't. Just, yeah. Don't, don't.
3: Don't worry. Like I. W- I thought just like you did at one time.
2: I really God. did.
3: And and what I'm saying is, is capitalism is just like grace. It's just like grace. It is. It is equally fucking us all over, except for maybe three or four, five, ten. You know, the, a few lucky few. But it is equally taking advantage of all of us and separating us from our humanity and from one another that's my, my two cents yeah no, agree. that's what's great yeah. in the podcast right I disagree. well you're like ah, you know
2: that's what it's not doing. but yeah but also it's like okay to really unthread some of these it takes a lot of time you know and i do get a vibe of like it's very easy for us to be like capitalism is terrible Well, and but, the, it's but like, the, hope the hope is, is
3: hope. to get somebody to buy a book like yeah. someone like <laughs> like buy a book on capitalism or no capitalism, like to get yeah. an opinion of like good capital. I mean, you go out and buy books. I'm not going to tell you what book to buy. Cause that'll be true, but study it, look into it. I mean, that's like the same with the Bible is like for people like deconstruction and they're like, Oh, I do deconstruction just to prove that, you know, Christianity is a motherfucker. You know, it's like, that's not, that's not deconstruction. Deconstruction yeah. is studying it and taking it apart and then reconstruction. And you decide if you want to reconstruct it or not. Yeah. But deconstructing for me is studying Hebrew, studying Greek, studying the original context, studying the original traditions, studying historical ideas, studying what what um, uh, you know what the things they found hundred years ago. You know, what I mean. So it's like the idea is is I'm not saying like believe me or take my word for it. Yeah. I'm passionate about it, but what I'm saying is is study it. Don't just go oh well he's he's a, he must be a communist. You know, and he must be bad because oh, he believes yeah. this. No, be I'm re- saying study the concepts and the ideas of where this comes from and what happens. Yeah. Why do people like Cornell West agree with what I just said? You know what I mean. Like he's one of the greatest, uh, you know, speakers and thinkers, and you know, uh, African American man. You know, why does he agree with what I'm saying?
1: Yeah.
3: You know what I mean. And and that, but you can also get great thinkers who will completely disagree with what I've just said.
2: I go by feel a lot. And I just feel like if you put a person who is a slave, like they were getting whipped and tortured and and they're living like, like ill treated animals, and you showed them a person working at McDonald's, and you were like, see slavery still exists, they would think that you're insane. You know, like, that doesn't make sense. If it exists, it exists in metaphor or in a way, but it doesn't exist analogously perfect. You know, well, it doesn't I mean, exist, in I, my opinion, not in the United States, but fair enough. I thought we were talking about yeah, the yeah, all, I all over the world. But I also could and take... maybe there are places in the United States that are. But yeah. I would like to instead of instead of saying the person at McDonald's is that. Well, why don't we like talk about the who are the people who are slaves like they were slaves, several hundred years ago. Bring that to my awareness. But, yeah. Well,
1: but that's
3: because the but last I, time I talked I'm, to someone at McDonald's, I'm,
2: they seemed pretty fucking happy to have a job. And they were like 16 and they still live with their parents.
3: Yeah. Well, there's 60 year olds that work at the McDonald's.
1: I get
2: that. 70 year
3: olds you. and 50 year olds. I could take my camera. I'll take my phone right now yeah. and go knock on people's doors who work at those jobs and let you see 15 people living in a small apartment who all have full time jobs and work harder than all three of us. Yeah. And you tell me what that is. Oh, well, it's not, they're not getting beat, but they also, if they don't pay their rent, all their furniture gets taken out, thrown in the dumpster, and they're homeless within seconds. You know, and then we see homeless people, and it's almost as like a warning to us to, oh, you better work hard, you better work hard, yeah. mm-hmm. because if you don't do what you're supposed to, you end up on the streets. Yeah. It's just a mind game. It's mental slavery. If it's not physical slavery, it's a mental mind game,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know, and, um, And this is the problem, but this is why I'm saying like, we're not even ready to have this conversation. We'd rather talk about vaccines or, uh, you know, certain other issues. And I all argue over that and not realize like who's gaining from this, who is gaining from us being divided, you know, and, um, people are suffering, you know, and suffering is suffering. And, uh, it's it's sad to me it's i don't know I, I i'm very disillusioned with this country i'm very disillusioned with this government um i'm very disillusioned with politicians and how much they lie on both sides
2: yeah i get that i also just i do disagree with a lot of what you're saying I don't no know, that's based fine on, based on feel you know just feel it just feels like i don't know i mean we, we could get in that we don't know each other well enough no yeah anymore, no but but I, I do something about it. But then I get accused a lot, Jay, but, of see, being for me, like too I, positive or too okay. blind, too, too privileged. You know, well, I, not I a lot. But I don't. I, I don't can feel, really. feel people confu- uh, accusing me of that. But for me, it. what I do is
3: I don't rely on. I, I can't always rely on my feelings because my feelings lied to me. You know, when I tried to kill myself, my feelings said, "Your kids will be better off without
2: you." That's, I don't. Is that I, your feeling or is that your? head?
3: Yes. No, that's my feelings and my head. They play yeah, a part. That's, that's chemistry. You know. Yeah. So. For me, I have to, I have to study. And I've got another buddy who every time a big news thing comes out, he spends hours studying it. And then he sends me stuff. And I'm going like, well, they, everybody on the news believes this, but you just showed me this and this and this, and that's not even true what they're showing on the news, but it's that easy. Everybody's buying into it because it fits a narrative, you know? And so feelings are important. I, I think we, that's how we relate to each other. I think that's how we empathize with each other. And I yeah. think it's hugely important. But we also have to have facts with those feelings. And
2: that's why we read so that's hard books. And that's I why don't we trust study. the facts because mm-hmm. there's facts everywhere that oppose each other. And I just, I I, I, I don't trust facts. If someone yeah. sends me a bunch of news, I just go, wow, you just sent me all the news that your algorithm gave you.
3: Yeah, but that's, that's not, and that's not how you get news though. You have to find, what you, you have to study. You have to go in and read yeah. books and you and read about the that? process. And you, <laughs> no,
1: not a lot of people.
3: people like me. So I can have a job to communicate this to you, to encourage you to do the same thing. But I mean, even if, so it's, even if it's just moving from, from like cnn or any or, or online stuff, just to just move over to bbc where it's publicly run news you know where, where so it's not it's not informed by yeah. by commercials you know even if it's just making small steps into yeah. seeing like oh okay well these people aren't in the pockets of these people um you know it's small steps you don't learn overnight it takes a long time to learn this stuff and to study this stuff you
2: but know can I, can I say something that might be a little bit uh it might be a little personal. That's and okay. It, you also seem really angry.
3: Oh, no, I'm, I'm not angry at all. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm tired.
0: It's I'm, okay to be angry. Like, if no, you be like, I damn know. right, I'm angry. I'm no, fucking pissed I'm, off.
3: I'm, I'm tired and I'm sad. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things I am damn angry about, to be honest with you, um, in my personal life and people in my life that I'm very angry at right now. Yeah. Um, I guess if I was
1: angry, I would be angry. I guess I think you're being naive. Okay. You know, I think
3: there's, these there's, there's, I see these little kids and they can't eat. And if, if, if the lunch, if school's out right now, they can't figure out where to get their meal because they usually eat lunch at school, Yeah. you know? So yeah, I'm angry about that. I'm angry about seeing kids suffering. I'm angry that we all don't have medical care. And that we're all suffering of d- different things. I think that's bad. I think that's wrong. I don't think that's right. Um, I don't think, you know, profits should be made off of medications and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it does piss me off a little bit. I didn't really think about it. Um, but it also makes me sad and overwhelmed,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know. And, um, and I know, like, I, I dropped out of high school and I got a GED. I've never gone to college. I'm all self taught I read more than just punk rock books. this is just the angle I'm on. <laughs> you see on my philosophy and theology and history books over there. Um, but I had to, to get myself to look at these things and, I, and, and, and and not be blind to these things when society was telling me. And I'm not saying that if someone's pro-capitalist, they're bad. What I'm saying is is they I just want to sit down and say, well, then how do we fix these areas that are destroying these lives? And how do we, you know, like I guarantee you, if we made a flag for the poor, and and put all the things that represent like healthcare, and not enough hours, and unaffordable housing, and all this kind of stuff, and you did that, that that flag is most likely not going to be on the the Amazon's roster of of groups they support, you know, um, and and that's the problem is we 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 we've, we've learned to ignore the poor, and that's why Dr. King fell out of popularity the last two years of his life is because he went not just doing civil rights, but he started the Poor People's Campaign. And when the Poor People's Campaign came in, it was white people, black people, Hispanic people, all different people. Everybody said, you're losing sight of what the mission is. And Mm -hmm. so he was losing popularity because he goes, no, the the essence of this is poverty. And so we have to focus and fight poverty as well. And um, people didn't want to look at that. Not his own people didn't want to look at that, you know, and so, you know. That's, that's where real powerlessness lies, you know, is in poverty. And I think we've got to do something about it.
2: Do you think, um, that people who don't, haven't made the choice like myself to read, uh, I've read a lot in my life, but I haven't remembered a lot of it. And I don't, I don't read a lot these days. I'll listen to books, but my point is I don't study like that you study. I don't, and I'm probably not going to, um, Maybe I will, but this is why I'm asking the question: What for people who just don't have the ability to, or are choosing not to, to study, to really research? But we still are in this society. What What do you suggest we do? You know, how do we still go about living? There's and, and fantastic
3: podcasts to listen to. There's so many ways to learn. Have a friend like me. The conversation we're having now. I mean, people are learning, listening to you right now. Me and you have this conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you like to listen to books on tapes. Well, I can recommend a bunch of books on tape. I can recommend a punk rock book about a a guy who's punk rock, just to say like, look at what this guy believes and thinks and how he thinks differently. And you can grow from it. You know I mean? It doesn't off. you know, I'm not asking you to go march against capitalism. That's not even my biggest thing. Like my biggest thing is let's argue well, let's disagree well. I don't think there's anything wrong with you. It's just what I'm saying. What I want to encourage you though, is say is I have dyslexia. That's why I have co-writers on all my books, you know if I can get out of this with my learning disabilities with my things and I can spend, I don't spend hours and hours and hours a day, you know, <laughs> I just choose, try to choose wisely. You know, yeah. I try to talk to people I love and figure out what to do. And I think yeah. you could do it. I mean, you can listen to a freaking awesome podcast. I mean, for me, all this stuff didn't go. Cause I was like, oh, I'm going to read the communist manifesto. No, it came because I was reading Paul Tillich And Hegel and Martin Luther King Jr. and these people. And those are why these ideas of like why capitalism seems so dangerous came to me. And then I started looking into it because they were pointing in that direction. So what I say is find what you love, you know, find what your passion is and and maybe see where that 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 leads you to. What does that does that might guide you to a different road that you never thought you'd be on? I never thought I'd be talking about that kind of stuff you
2: know, you know, Jay, I recently visited my mom and, uh, this was, uh, about a year ago. So I, I visited her like three days ago but yeah. on another recent visit. Um, uh, and we were talking about my childhood and
0: your adopted mom.
2: Yeah. Like, adopted yeah. Mom. Okay. And, uh, she, and, uh, cause I get really emotional when I was a kid, we were talking about me crying when I was a kid and she goes, yeah, you, the thing you got frustrated the most, she said, you weren't angry or sad, you would get really frustrated. And she said, you would get frustrated when you couldn't express what you- an idea that you had. And it really bugged me.
0: Hmm. And
2: that's what I feel like in a yeah, discussion man. that we're having right now. And it's kind of, to use Christian parlance, convicting me, hmm. because I'm realizing that I do want to participate in these conversations. I have a mind to do it, and I have a heart to do it. I just haven't been... Ed, I haven't educated myself. I and there's just, nothing
3: I'm, wrong with that. I mean, no, we, I get that. we I, act I, like I,
2: ignorance I, is this bad
3: word, but it's just like, it means you just haven't looked into it or learned it yet. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's so much I don't know.
2: It's like I recently bought a car. Speaking of capitalism, it was the first time I ever bought a car that I researched and chose. Yeah. And now that car reflects me and it's a total tool and ally, and it's been amazing. It's changing my life. Its nickname is a game changer. <laughs> yeah and i realized that oh that's where i'm at in life is i'm ready to i know myself well enough at least to make choices and those choices can extend around books and around places that i can land in conversations and get educated you know what i mean yeah. i think that that's what this conversation means to me cutting for science is one place that one thing that it does for us is that it these conversations mean something we come out a little different we choose something different and you know, I'm really like emotional about a lot of what we're talking about. And I do disagree with you to some extent, no, but that's I'm not great. as educated as you are. So I can't even really participate in the conversation. You know what I mean? But that's really brave to say that.
3: And in, in, I see it.
2: I feel it. But you know, but <laughs> you know what I
3: mean? But also like in sobriety, you know, like to get sober, you have to hit rock bottom. And sometimes then you have to do the work, you have to do the hard work, you have to do the hard work, and you become sponsors, and you have to go through the 12 steps, and you have to do all those things. And so eventually, what happened to me is I got tired of not being able to be in the conversation, because I didn't know what anybody was freaking talking about. You know, but I, but it took me years. I mean, it probably took me till I was in my 30s to get to that point. Like I could talk about, I could argue theology with you all day long in my 20s. But, you know, then all of a sudden my friends started becoming philosophers and I didn't know what the hell they were talking about. So I had to be like, recommend a book and make sure it's an
2: easy book. You know what I mean? Would would you be okay? Like, uh, instead of, because there's a couple of things that could happen after a conversation like this is like. I disagree with him and not on everything i unfair to label it as I disagree with you but we have places that that we're we, we would be like there would be some conversation that could work that out instead of being like all right that's cool next guest move on I'll forget about it I have your number like yeah. can I hit you up and ask Definitely. you for recommendations yes. and share ideas a little bit of course I you can. Appreciate that.
3: and I you know and if you guys wanted to do a part two because I have to go now if you yeah, want to yeah. do one later where we can we don't end on this weird concept. We're going to
0: rip him a new asshole. No, him. I like slavery.
3: But you <laughs> know what I mean? But I just think the majority of, of what we were talking about is, is really right on. I think we just kind of got like focused on on capitalism. And honestly. It's a tough one. That's a tough one. And that no one's going to, you know, it's probably going to have to kill itself rather than us killing it. So that's not one that I think we can solve right away. But the other one, yeah. I don't even think we can solve, but talking about it is important.
0: And no like I said. crossing my fingers
3: hard conversations I'm, hard
0: I'm crossing conversations. my fingers that a solar flare takes care of capital the, the system that, <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. capitalism is on the back of our electronic system the internet yeah. disappears in. and that'd that, be a fun re- reboot for me
3: oh no kidding
0: that would be yeah. really bad hey thanks jay baker we appreciate you guys i love that idea that's great i enjoyed great that
3: to be honest with you i just yeah. want to make it real quick like, closing my closing time yeah. as a, as yeah. a pastor
1: <laughs> is that
3: i'm not usually on podcasts where i get to argue well or disagree well yeah. and i think we yeah. just did that and that's what i've been wanting i want to be able yeah. to disagree well and have pushback that's what community is so folks who are listening to this don't be uncomfortable realize mm-hmm. this is this should be the goal is that we're sitting here and we're having yeah. weird conversations and we're disagreeing and guess what it's okay. Life is still yeah. here. We're all yeah. still going to live. So We
0: got to the end of this and you guys uh, now actually have a, pro- both of you have a promise to yeah. be closer, actually. No, well, I need to be better at this.
2: And, yeah. and it's, you know, you uh, my closing moment would just be, I can tell you care a lot. I yeah. would have your back if you got attacked. If we are on a desert island, we would fucking support each other. That's what's important. You know Vice I mean? versa. Now let's like work this out. And I would love to do that. Thank all you right, we'll do it.
0: Well,
3: thanks guys.
0: Thanks, Jay.
2: Appreciate yeah, you. It See you next time. See ya. Bye-bye.
0: Okay. Hey, welcome to Cutting for Sign Up, episode 47. This is the field dressing. We just had Jay Baker on who you got in a, in a heated discussion with, I wouldn't even call it an argument, maybe an argument, Did your, your nervous system. Hey guys, Instagram,
2: um, how are you doing? I'm f- good. He's awesome. Yeah. I mean, like the comments that he made right at the end. Yeah. About. We're beautiful. About
0: being in disagreement, but still being in relationship. It's
2: so a huge value of his is to yeah. be able to disagree well, you know, and the fact that he, at the end of it said that, that that's what happened and that he doesn't usually get to do that on podcasts. is just yeah. yet another thing that an awesome guest of ours says, Hey, this is never, ex- I've never experienced this on a podcast and I've been on a lot of podcasts. Thank you.
0: Yeah. speaking of podcasts kenny hamlet hey bud you're a past past guest good to see you glad you tuned in that's cool (laughs) i i i am i have to kind of like i agree with his comments on capitalism a lot and and i agree with his stance on slavery a lot and and we could get sidetracked on on the definition of those things and, and what's causal and what the the uh, the, what's the word I'm looking for? And the, um, the issues it's causing now, right across the globe. But I think their bigger issue is like, how do you talk to somebody or how do you agree? Not even agree to disagree, but how do you decide that because you're on one side of the fence about an issue and I'm on the other side of the fence about
2: there's no fences. It's not one side and the other, you know. I have I don't have a stance because I'm not educated enough to have mm, a stance. Mm. So I get pinned as having a stance by even opening my mouth. It's like I don't know the answers to these. It's just something feels to me a little off. Yeah. And I don't have the education and the understanding to put words to that. And so it's really frustrating. I feel like I can't even participate in the conversation, which might be true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what would I mean? What would make you feel better about that?
2: Would me like doing what he was suggesting, you know? Which is to and, go and, educate yourself. And it wasn't even what he suggested. Yeah, really, is what I well, he suggested, and then I've done that in my own life. Where it's just like, I think I'm ready to start to get more, um, to land in some places, and to land in some places and have a, an, a belief, yeah, an opinion, makes me nervous because I understand a lot of other people's places on a sphere and so by me choosing one i then put in myself put myself in some sort of opposition oh right
0: right right it right the moment much- you take a stand on something is the moment you open yourself to to uh <laughs> to can, do you want me to tell you what i just saw <laughs> but jay baker said i you see, daniel just got a text message i can see his phone on uh as i am looking at the camera and it said how much he loved this conversation we just had mm-hmm. yeah yeah and uh i can hear that right there and um uh so i think that's great i think that's really great but to your point just now it's like we do open ourselves up to criticism we do open ourselves up to rejection the moment we take any kind of stance on anything and uh, rick is on here hey man good to see you glad to see you rick yeah yeah
2: i don't i think that i have enough care and awareness and I'm not saying I'm these are things I'm great at, but I think I have enough to now balance that with education. Yeah. And I know, we, but it makes me nervous because I'm going to look stuff up on my phone and on my computer and my algorithms are going to feed me certain stuff. Yeah. Like how do we get out of the algorithms, you know, yeah. genuinely yeah. and not just to the quote opposition. That's the extreme other side. So, of course, you're going to disagree. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just like, I think I'm ready to slow us. Why we started this podcast. Slowly ready to begin to land in some places and be like, okay, even in Daniel, it's a self talk. It's yeah. okay for you to land here. You're not saying everyone else is wrong. You know? Yeah. You're just saying, this is what I believe. And I haven't done that on a lot of difficult topics, mm. but I'm starting to have those. I've emotionally landed somewhere, yeah. but I haven't intellectually, there's, there's not a framework of expression to express the emotional place. Yeah. You know, I know what
0: I, you know what I mean? I do. I, I do. And one of the things that uh, a couple of things I want to like kind of revisit from this conversation was one was the idea that um, capitalism and I'm not trying to like yeah, go forward.
2: No, yeah. uh,
0: well, I'm not, I'm not, Well, I want to talk about a deeper issue, which is the void, the feeling like, what do I need in my life to be complete? Yeah. And, and I think that's why, um, you know, the market for stuff and the, and I was one of my funny guilty pleasures that I've spoken to you about before is like getting into Craigslist and like rooting around on Craigslist. (laughs) And I, and one of the, one of the weird places I like to go sit, go onto Craigslist is the free stuff, uh, listings. And when I think of like this is the problem, we think stuff is going to fix us, or we hope that stuff is going to fix
2: us. You're assuming everyone believes that, though. I don't believe that. Well, we
0: were talking about this at the beginning. We were we talking about exactly this. What what we believe and how we act are different. And if if we are buying things to feel better, then we believe stuff makes us better. And
2: I don't, I think that's problematic. That doesn't sound true.
0: It is problematic. And it's not true, but we live that way. Like I would feel better if I buy this thing.
2: Don't you know that you'll feel better for a little while and then you won't?
0: Of course. So, of course. So you know the truth and I do it anyway. But
2: But that's not bad that you do that. Um, is it bad? Is I eat a meal. Bad? I'm not eating a meal thinking I'm never going to be hungry again. I eat the meal knowing I'm going to be satisfied for a little while and I'm going to enjoy the meal and that's it. Yeah. Stuff in my life at least is the exact same way. I buy a new shirt and I'm like, "Ooh, this feels really good. I feel better." And then it I don't get that same, you know, real, that same honeymoon phase with it anymore. But that doesn't mean that the shirt's not valuable anymore and that I'm going to just get rid of it and buy another one. That's when it's a problem
0: go to the craigslist and look at the free listings man i'm not saying that's what, i'm not saying
2: people don't do that but yeah i don't do that when people talk like everybody's everybody i'm included in that i'm like no not everybody and i'm pretty sure i'm not the only one who has a healthy relationship with material things um i would
0: i'm not i'm not here to argue with you one <laughs> way or the other about that I, mean, <laughs> I think i think you are probably way closer to, i think everybody's way closer to each other than we think number one number two I th- like really question that thing in yourself. Like, why do you need anything? Why do you need anything? Like that—that's the wildest concept ever. Yeah, is that question. is I w- I can't stop thinking about this ca- problem of capitalism because on a small scale it works really well. I make something, you buy it. Thank you. I'm gonna take your money. I'm gonna feed my family. What happens is is that scales, and I need to make more of those things. Then I need more of me's to make those things. But I don't want to pay more of me's the same amount of money that I'm making. I want to pay more of me's a lot less. And so immediately I have a different value in humanity. And as that scales on and on.
2: But that's an asshole running a, a business. There, here's what, here, yeah, yeah. This is what I'm saying.
0: So, so go find me 10 assholes versus one good person who's running a, so, a large, a so, large, a large business that is taking care of their people. Are, and there, are there any? I can't think of one.
2: And yeah, How many do you know?
0: How many what do I know?
2: I, I would be, I think you would be remiss. This is, again, going with intuition. I think you would be remiss to say that every business out there in the world that's over a certain number is treating their employees awful.
0: It's not. It's so, not he, so here's the other problem is that the businesses think that they're doing a service by paying someone
2: yeah. their wage
0: and I'm using air quotes with a lot of sarcasm for the level of worker that they're using yeah
2: okay well, I just had a really intense deja vu
0: <laughs> because the moment that we say this um that it's a noble thing to do to create work and all those things so, so we're we're getting into a lot of like muddy waters here right? A lot of muddy waters. I'm not educated. I'm not have an economics background. We should talk to somebody who does. That'd be an interesting conversation. Yeah. Um, The moment we start to say, or the moment people are working jobs that they may not want to work. Yes. Are there people who are are happy to be working labor jobs or happy to be working entry-level jobs? There are some, of course that there are. There are also places that have um, nighttime daycare set up, because those children the children of the nighttime workers have no other place to go. That's where they go. They have a, a babysitter tuck them into bed. they wake up and their moms and dads pick them up from their night shifts, and they're off to to school. And then yeah. mom and dad sleep a few hours and they go do another job. Given all of the all of the choices, do you think that the mom and dad wants to do those jobs? No, they're—I mean, for lack of a better word—forced into that position. That's fucked up. That's a fucked up thing to do to not be able to to want to care for your child and to want to take care of them when they're sick or want to take care of them when they're crying out alone in the dark, you know, at night, and they're unable to because they're working a warehouse job for fucking Amazon or whoever, so that you and I can buy a book. Like the cost of our click.
2: Okay. Like it seems to me that that problem that you're talking about is is for a lot of reasons that have to do with being human on this earth yeah and to reduce the entire reason of all of that suffering into this what i would call straw man of of capitalism or other people say other things i think is a logic fallacy it's reductive it's not nuanced and it makes something that oh by the way is all over your body and in your life the thing that so, you yeah. now believe is the ultimate enemy. And I've heard two. I don't, two I
0: don't of- believe it's the ultimate enemy. I think it's one of the systems that's perpetuating our inability to have connection. And one of the things that, ha- that is is constantly keeping our eyes off of like real problems. And I yeah. think one of the real problems isn't capitalism as much as the human brain's ability to go, I'm a value and you are not and i'm a value and that other person isn't i'm a value my time is valuable my space is valuable the things that i own are valuable and be and because of whatever qualifiers that may you know that the person that the brain can bring up says you aren't and that that mindset has been given the space to run wild in within capitalism Well, now
2: you're talking now you're saying that capitalism as it is now is a sick version of capitalism well, I don't you know. know I don't know the
0: original version of capitalism. So, I and that's I what can't I'm saying. It. I don't yeah. either. Yeah. I
2: just have heard really intelligent, good-hearted people speak, and I'm like, and about these things, and about like something like capitalism, and they just start to unthread it from this like good, bad, right, wrong straw person, you know, knock yeah. you down, and they they start to get into the history of it. They start to get into alternate versions of it. It's not capitalism or communism. It's like there's versions of both of those things that start to close the gap. There's sick versions of every version of those. There's healthy versions. This is the type of conversation I would like to have. And this is the type of conversation that I think I believe is a little closer to the truth.
0: Well, the last thing I wanted to say uh, with that is um, the other thing that struck me about this conversation was a statement that you made about that's a feeling I have, and him saying I can't trust my feelings—that was an
2: interesting moment.
0: And I and I want to challenge you on your idea of feelings too, because my father was a diet in the wool narcissist, as good as as like as picturesque as they come, in the sense that he could say and act exactly the way that the people around him needed to see him act in order to have a feeling of safety within themselves. Hmm. He was lying through his fucking teeth within himself yeah no in order for them to feel safe oh, about being around yeah. him oh i see all right and and so we would temporarily trust our feelings because he was saying and acting the way we needed he he knew how to act that way even if it wasn't conscious even if it was completely subconscious
2: let me be and i'm glad sir.
0: yeah and i'm glad that jay brought up this point of like dude Sometimes I cannot trust my feelings.
2: The problem with that level of conversation of words around feelings in or into, yeah. uh, sorry, uh, brain, sorry, mind, my thoughts, my intuition, my feelings, is that, and I, I don't I have never unthreaded this as yeah. much, but it needs to happen. Is that when I say my intuition, what that is is like a culmination of a lot of of the learning that I've had in life mixed with some feelings it's not just one or the other so intuition for me is what i'm trusting not my feelings and that Mm. and that's maybe a distinction i need to use yeah yeah i have intuition i can't always put words to it but i can like i'll sense a logic fallacy i don't know what the logic fallacy is i just sense it yeah you know and i trust that sense what i've called intuition what at other times i've called feelings but that's what it is it's not just like my emotions
0: and i and i um also value greatly honing one's intuition
2: big time man. like it's a, probably one of my it greatest
0: did. values yeah so i don't I, i'm not i'm not um here to say you can't trust your feelings and you can't trust your, that was my fault things. i should yeah. i
2: use the wrong words yeah
0: yeah that was but i thought that was an interesting distinction that he made i'm glad he made it yeah, because sometimes you cannot trust what's going through, through your head and you need someone from the outside to be able to go wait a second
2: but even there you said your head which to me is more like your thoughts
0: well his his example his specific example, example was <laughs> very powerful the most yeah, powerful like, example yeah, which point. is um my kids are better off without me and and yeah which
2: was leading the thought of which was leading him to potentially commit suicide
0: right yeah 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 and and i guess because i've been close enough to that in my own life within myself and others that i love that like man it's it's a it's a weird and great gift to be next to somebody or to witness that and not to go wait a second i see what you're where you're headed and i can't let you go there and and i hope that if i ever get into a position and i'm not talking about just suicide just whatever whatever it is that we're thinking on you know and I hope that we can, and I think maybe that's the distillation of this conversation is like, how do we have these nuanced conversations? How do we get all this out and discuss it and still um, make room for mutual respect, mutual vulnerability, mutual acceptance of each other, right? And mutual value of each other. Because I think that's the other part is like, is to say, you may think this way about a certain thing, but I still value you a lot. And, I, and I'm doing my best to value you as much as I value me. Yeah. And I'm also trying, and, and in other regards, I'm trying to value me as much as I value people. And that's its own challenge as well. We've been talking a long time. This has been a, a very long podcast, which it's I okay. love getting to do. Anything you wanna say before we wrap up?
2: Yeah, just yeah. like, just to be very clear, you know one of the reasons that you and i started this project which has just been amazing like for way more people than just you and me it's affected people and we experience that every day
0: yeah yeah
2: you know what i mean yeah it's it's, been shocking
0: it's been amazing to get on the other side of a year and feel like more power from this like more excitement and more joy from it than at the beginning
2: and one of the things i value is to publicly work your shit out you know (laughs) As long as you're doing it in a way that is not hurting other people. And, and, you know, I have a lot to, I have a lot to, a lot of room for growth, Mm. but like the, the soil is fertile and I know that.
1: Mm. And
2: that's kind of why that conversation with Jay was, was like meaningful to me is because The, the soil is more fertile than the seeds i'm putting into it or the work that i'm putting into it it's like i'm i am just i'm mm. like a farmer that's been this like i'm so proud of my fertile soil awesome <laughs> i'm so happy about it. it's like yeah we're year three and you haven't grown anything bro
0: it's just germinating in there it's all going to come up at some point well and yeah, so like, i'm
2: going yeah. to plant some seeds and lands, yeah. to make some choices nice. you know what kind of garden do i, yeah. I want to grow what kind of food where where am i It'd be an interesting
0: and, exercise, I think, for you to start to type out things you believe or don't believe in. Yeah, or have in no, no, you know, like I don't think about this thing. I, I think very little about capitalism, yeah. and just let that be a, a thing. And then, does that make sense? Thanks, yeah. I
2: appreciate that. And and but the thing I wanted to say really quick just is like, I do not at this point in time stand firmly in my my words about things like capitalism some of the subjects like we were talking about slavery not to get into it again but you know i of course slavery is terrible and of course people are suffering i get that now what are we going to call things how can we land on words to call these things and if we disagree on one word or on one other word can we just do can we recognize we both care for people not suffering to stop if yeah. we really do and so i'm working all that out and Jay is further along the line and his garden has some like a lot of choices he made a long time ago and he's been growing things and I'm, I'm not you know and i'm ready to and that's what that's meaningful but just i would ask anyone who's listening you know or and you it's just like hey you know i don't know the answers but i have a good heart and i'm ready to start making some choices around maybe answers for me
0: yeah yeah i've read the article daniel i have answers <laughs> With you.
2: <laughs> Such a day. I have no sense of humor when it comes to a point like that is my <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs>
0: thanks everybody for joining us appreciate ah. those of you who uh, tuned in on Instagram live and see you next time